Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and this week, former SCG guest Jeff Jarrett has been revealed to be back at the helm in TNA, bringing in Dutch Mantel and Scott Demore with him, the 2006 Dream Team. Fingers crossed, we can finally find out what Jackie Gator's big secret was. I'm Old Man Jones, and I want to know why points of view will not reply to my letters. Yes, I'm at the age where I get a TV license for free now, but that's besides the point. I demand a response from Jeremy Vine. He knows what happened in New York. I'm Kieran O'Rourke, and this week... I have been mostly pissed off by hypocrisy in the world. The new Fifty Shades of Grey film comes out and all the women are all getting moist at the thought of getting fingered in the lift. Donald Trump mentions a little bit of pussy grabbing and the world loses its mind. Hypocrisy. And I'm Luke Edwards and as much as I wanted to get an introduction prepared for you folks, I came in and ended up playing Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 with Liam before we started. All I want to say is damn you slightly blocky Stan Hansen. This is the panel for the 112th Squared Circle Gazette Radio and you can hear us debate which tag teams need to go to room 101 next. Welcome to episode 112 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Kieran O'Rourke. Evening all. Carl Jones. I am not a crackpot. And Luke Edwards. I, on the other hand, have been called that many times. And we are back this week for what is the second of our Room 101 shows, of course, this time talking tag teams. Uh, we have, of course, done one of these shows before, talking general wrestlers and personalities uh, that we wanted to banish to oblivion, uh, or the figurative Room 101, for those of you who have uh, seen the television show here on the BBC in the UK. Or, or just um, the effect uh, WWE has had on uh, the library of Chris Benoit. It's similar, yeah. similar, similar cool. situation there. Banished to oblivion to be eradicated from history forever. If you haven't heard our previous uh, Room 101 show, you can, of course, go back in the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com and check that out. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at Squared Circle Gazette Radio to make sure you never n- miss another one going forward. And, of course, uh, this is a very feedback-heavy show we have this week, gentlemen, on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash scgradio, as well as on all the forums. Uh, we reached out to you, the loyal listeners, for your nominations for tag teams for us to discuss and debate whether they belong in a uh, Room 101. Uh, the rules, they're going to be the same as they were on the last uh, time we did this, where it's going to be a majority vote to uh, dictate if somebody is going to be banished from oblivion. A team is going to be uh, eradicated from history here. So uh, three votes and you're gone, two votes, and uh, you are hanging on by the uh, short and curlies, as it were. Sort it out. Um, we will not be doing a show next week because I'm going to be away, but the following week after that we are returning to our uh, critically acclaimed Monday Night War timeline. Uh, of course, we're going to be discussing January of 1999. We've entered 1999 now in our timeline with notes from the Wrestling Observer newsletters and the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the time to discuss all manner of things as Carl's face scrunches up like I've never seen before. Smooth sailing through calm seas, it is not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So uh, that's going to be on the docket uh, in two weeks' time. But like I said, get into this now. We have ten pages of nominations from you, the loyal listeners. So let's get to uh, one that is pretty much the, uh, the leading candidate here I feel Suki Singh on the Facebook page says the Harris Boys DOA specifically Skull and Eight Ball the Blue Brothers the Bruise Brothers Creative Control the Disciples of Destruction the Grim Twins the Harris Brothers and the Harris Twins every single one of these teams is shit 
Uh, if you're going to be Nazis, <laughs> at least have some form of talent. These lads uh, should be tried just like the rest of those Nazi war criminals. They've perpetrated heinous acts on the eyes of wrestling fans for the better part of 15 years. Uh, the British bushwhack on the UK fan forum says, A very obvious choice, but under any guise, uh, they were our prime shite. Jacob and Eli, Gerald and Patrick, Jared and Jason, uh, Eight Ball and Skull, or just plain Ron and Don. The Harris boys, two clunky, god-awful bores. These twin brothers carry an uncanny resemblance to a pair of circumcised penises, and watching them wrestle is as painful as a circumcision without anaesthetic. They were mainstays on television from the mid-90s to the mid-2000s. The awful Blue Brothers opened at WrestleMania 11 to really get the crowd in the mood. They continued to stink at the WWF, riding around with crushing chains on their beautiful custom Titan bikes, before heading down south under the turgid guise of Gerald and Patrick, and I've only just realised that's a Briscoe and Patterson uh, reference. Creative control. They weren't done, and they would join Jeff Jarrett's NWO 2000 shambles. Those of us lucky enough to attend the WCW UK tour in 2000 were even treated to them, main eventing against the Mamelukes. I won't even get into their time in TNA, where they apparently now hang around backstage waiting for one more run. Looking at the state of that company, it may not be long before we get a singles feud between Ronald and Donald. Air Jordan Fan 93 on TPWW form says, The only answer is simply the Harris twins. Every shitty gimmick they had was awful and never resulted in good matches. The DOA in particular was a new level of shit and stains two of the better years of WWE programming of 97 and 98. Throw them in room 101 so they can never ruin wrestling programming again. Uh, Matt D on Pro Wrestling Only says Harris Brothers. The answer is the Harris Brothers. It's literally the only answer. <laughs> Michael Otts on the Facebook page says, DOA, no explanation needed. Phil Tutti on the Facebook page says, Obviously, Ronald and Donald Harris are an absolute given. At no point in what can laughably be called their run were they entertaining, did they make any money, or did they have any good matches. When I say good matches, I mean passable matches. And when I say passable matches, I mean butter-clenchingly piss-poor matches. I don't hold uh, with any of the star-rating cobblers that Demelts is so fond of. <laughs> but if I did, then the best-ever Harris Boys match would be negative so many stars that all of the actual stars in existence would cease all nuclear fusion immediately plunging all of the universe into darkness. You know, the sort of darkness that is in Old Man Jones's heart when he hears Kane's music. Ronald and Donald Harris are first ballot Room 101 contenders, and that's the only time they should be contenders for anything. Matt Thurlow on the Facebook page says, If we could change the name of the 101 Tag Team Prison Wing to the Harris Boys and be done with it, that would save so many comments. If they're ever given, can we also give a shout-out to Harlem Heat 2000? Uh, Killjoy G on the UK fan form says, I'm very glad I got into wrestling in 2000, strictly the WWF, so I've never had to witness the abortion that is the Harris Boys. Although, listen to the Monday Night War timeline, right here on SCG Radio, bang bang, he says, I feel like orally I've been abused. So yeah, shove them in there too. And uh, wrapping this up, Tommy on the UK fan form says Big Ron and Heavy D. What did they bring to the table ever? The answer, of course, is slow, dull, repetitive shit matches and racism. They routinely brought down teams and shows at every turn. WWF, WCW, ECW, TNA. They sucked the life out of everything. The highlight of DOA and all the time they spent in WWF. Their high watermark was Brian Lee rolling down a ramp on a trolley during a six-man brawl on Raw as Undertaker minced into the building in his jumper. <laughs> If you're, <laughs> if you're being topped by primetime riding a cart down a hill like a tramp in a shopping trolley, then you're fucked, aren't you? Their matches with Los Bariquas and LOD were interminably dull. They were a low point of WCW in 2000. Just think about that. That match uncensored 2000 was the first time I ever thought, I'll fast forward this. 
I'd been watching wrestling like a specky knobby no mates obsessively for about four or five years at this point. The only one good thing I think they ever did was fix the ring when Cheeks fucked it up before TNA's first ever pay-per-view. If your sole con- positive contribution to this world is helping TNA, I think you can be safely removed. Remove Ron and Don from existence and everything gets better. Every show they worked is slightly less worse. <laughs> so uh, my, there you go. My first point of order there... <clears throat> Surely helping TNA in any regard deserves to have them thrown in. Mm, well, there's an argument for that, certainly. I think there's quite the argument for that. So, <laughs> so helping, uh, helping them become what they are, is that, is that what you mean? Or? Well, they're that much of a calamitous shit show anyway. If, if the ring had been broken, they'd have to cancel the first show. Who knows, we may have been spared years of abuse. Good point, Carl. Good point. <laughs> they were, and we did a show a little while back, and I want to mention this now, looking for the most useless tag team or stable in history. And we wanted to do this show to give tag teams a bit more credence, because obviously that was kind of a mixed bag of the, of, the, of the two of them, and we were hunting for the most useless. But it's worth mentioning that the team that was deemed most useless was the Harris Brothers, and the stable that was deemed most useless was DOA with the Harris Brothers. So I think... Well, and, huh. and, and the thing with this one is, and, and believe me, my, my hatred for the Harris Brothers is well known on this show, I'm sure, but it's one of those things where I like every show like this to start with the barometer, and I think this is the fitting bronze for any team that needs to go in room 101 from here on in. I think this is the standard, if you can call it that, to compare a team to. It's, it's certainly the benchmark. There is, there is no need to try and go back through the annals of time and find our favourite three and a half star Ron and Don Harris match. <laughs> or, or even pull out the four to six range scale. Four to six. There is, there is no need for either of those. This is as much of a slam dunk as you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. Luke, any thoughts on the Harris boys? Have they ever have they ever done it for you in any way? Well, they've got longevity. <laughs> um, that's tenure. Uh, that's tenure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, can tenure keep you out of room one hundred and one? That's a question, folks. But given that this is not a court case episode, I, I, I dare say that there is nothing stopping us from being judge, jury, and executioner on this one, gentlemen. No, the, the evidence speaks for itself. <laughs> it really does. God, this debate is really kicking off. I, I, know, I, know, I know it's two-sided. I know it's two-sided. But, uh, yeah, I think that this is one of the... Uh, getting your panzer, ride the autobahn straight into 101. Yes. Yes, yep. around the room. Let's, let's send in the boys. Bye-bye, <laughs> yeah. boys. Yeah, so long. Yeah, let's hear it for the boys. So long, boys. <laughs> Moving on to the next candidate here. Otto Dem Vons on the UK fan forum suggests the Ascension. Pair of twats, he says. <laughs> no, <laughs> I should add, by the way, there's some coarse, coarse language that's going to come I out of this show. Every, every so often, our... Well, not every so often. Our emails, I think, are quite, oh, ima- quite imaginative. At times, being quite eloquent. But sometimes, <laughs> just sometimes... You just need something as straight-laced as that. Yeah. I appreciate the brevity. You know, I mean, Liam didn't have to go through multiple pages there to get to the core of the point. Yeah. He, he did elaborate her and said, No good matches, bad luck, not even scary, hideously exposed on the main roster, and they weren't even good to begin with. Connor, spelt with a K, reminds me of the naming pattern used on the Kardashian sisters, and Victor, also with another unnecessary K. Would anyone miss them if they were banished to Room 101? I fucking hate this team. <laughs> what you do? I just, I just. What are they supposed to be? Are you supposed to take them seriously? Well, yeah. No, I'm. T- I'm going to say past tense yeah. because they're out yeah. of my life. Oh yeah. I think in NXT you were supposed that, to take you them were, seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were sh- they weren't a comedy team in NXT, and that's that's a real indictment of that that um, full sale crowd. 
that they that they cheered the return of the Ascension for the first Dusty Rhodes Classic. Yeah, they cheered for them, and I'm not talking ironic. They were happy to see them. <laughs> what annoys me is they're so shit, yet they look like they take themselves so seriously in the gimmick. It's mm. like it, it, surely it was a comedy gimmick. That's what I thought when I first saw them. But now it's serious. Oh yeah, it's dead serious. Dead serious. Yeah, it's as serious as a heart attack, Kieran. I don't know maybe that's the point maybe taking it seriously is the funny part of the gimmick (laughs) except they're just too shit to get that over remember they are twats somebody did say that it's a a high level rib on the audience maybe this is really high concept it's a little over my head, so uh, definitely over my head. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't. I don't. Again, there's all you hear this a lot about how Victor's yo, he's decent. Connor's the awful one. Well, damning with faint praise if ever there was any. Um, Connor is fucking on my. I don't know why, but whenever I think of this theme, I always think of one episode of Raw where, and I can't remember why, but they hit the ring, and Vic, you know, Connor screams, "Welcome to the wasteland!" to just absolute silence. And then they ran into the ring and got the rest kicked. And it's like, there's your Road Warriors 2016 Seems for you. Seems pretty suitable. I like the idea of the wasteland being, you know, nobody gives a shit about us. You can't hear a thing except tumbleweed. That's perfect. All right. So, so between the face paint, the music, is this a uh, is this an easy one around the table as well? It's the second, bit more modern. Easy like Sunday morning. This one is sunshine. Straight in there. Straight in the bin. Straight in. Yep. Don't let the door hit him in the ass. All right. That's I hope it does. I'm going to go three. So I'm going to say yes as well. Oh, so whatever I say won't matter. But I do want your, your, your opinion oh. is valued, however. Oh. Says who? At the end of the day, it's like if we are willing just to throw in every bunch of shitty people to room 101, you know, what is what is the line, guys? How are we judging this? Oh, we're going to find out, Luke. We're I guess find so. Out. Well, I can already see them disappearing into the distance, so I'm just going to let them go. I, no, I, 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 that's a good point. Though. I, I don't know if they are. I wouldn't put them on the same awful level because I haven't had as much stinkeroo as the Harris brothers have. I would. Whoa! Honestly, I hate this. Te- I hate this team more than Harris. The Harris brothers, they were shit, but they didn't offend me. They didn't really grind my gears oh. like the Ascension. I see the Ascension. I think people are watching this and people are judging wrestling fans based on these two fucking chodes coming out and <laughs> farting around with their face paint and what have you. Yeah, cloths. I, I think just because they haven't been around as long doesn't mean they're not worthy of the same level of scorn. All right. Okay, well, they're in room 101 with four votes, Luke? Yeah, sure. All right, we got four. <laughs> Ascension, thanks for coming. Goodbye. Maluko on TPWW forum suggests the Colossal Connection. Uh, Andre the Giant and Haku for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with the name replacing a team that could really wrestle in the brainbusters. Haku and Andre screamed thrown together from the start just because they were both in the Heenan family the pairing didn't make sense or have any chemistry the whole point of their team was to keep Andre going and he shouldn't have been on TV anymore never mind wrestling the fact that he was so unhealthy and immobile meant that the charisma vacuum Haku did literally all the wrestling as Andre tagged in to drop an elbow the fact that they weren't a natural pairing one was extremely immobile Haku was boring and they somehow win the title in an era where the Rockers didn't is crazy to me. Final slam of the Room 101 door is the name, the Colossal Connection. A terrible tag team name for an awful team. This one's uh, this one's not quite the slam dunk as the other two. This is this is an interesting one. Well, I I, I understand the the anguish with which the email has come across there, but I'm not gonna. It's not their fault that the Rockers didn't get a deserved <laughs> tag title run, and it's not their fault that Arn and Tully decided to leave. Um, are they a great team? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. And the the, the points about Andre are, are perfectly valid. But 
you know, I just, I don't have any, any animosity towards them really. They, they, they were just there. It was a, it was a, effectively a, a placeholder team. I, I, I tend to be of the view that it was sort of a, the company's thank you to Andre in a sense of we'll give you a, you know, give you a belt on the way, you know, on the way out as a full timer give you the face turn at Mania 6 as, as a thank you and sort of ride off in, into the sunset which I don't really have a problem with and Bobby was involved and, and, and Bobby's just just great he's just wonderful so uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say no oh okay well this is this is a tough one because I always saw this as a team that was kind of built out of function in the sense of I always assumed that this team was put together to lose to Demolition. They won the belts mm. off Demolition, and it was a setup for Demolition to beat them back at Mania Six and, and put Demolition over. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was. You know, Andre had done his jobs to uh, to Hogan and Warrior at this point. So it was just about who's the next guy that he can work with. He didn't. The demos are there. Let's just put them over, and Andre can can kind of bugger off for a bit. Was the kind of my understanding of, of the lay of the land. So yeah, as a team built out of function. Did they was they did the job they did, but they weren't very fun to watch. <laughs> so I I can completely agree on that sense. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm on the fence here. I guess what it comes down to when we're looking at it, I mean, compared to the other teams we've we've spoken about, is this team is a lot less offensive, surely to sensibilities, and also maybe there's something about the historical distance from it that mellows me out on the topic in comparison with the fucking Ascension, which I do keep forgetting still exist. Okay, please believe me that it, when they do turn up on TV, it surprises me. And the Harris brothers who are just ubiquitous throughout any era of wrestling, going back to the 40s, I believe. I'm, I'm no wrestling historian, but I'm pretty sure they've been around since the 40s. Well, there were um, plenty of Nazis at that time. That's, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. So, yeah, I, I just... I don't feel motivated to, to drop them into room 101 unless Kieran has an interesting argument no not at all I'm, I'm on, on the uh, let's leave him you know the Bobby show is a good one uh, yeah Andre he's a lovable looking guy <laughs> um, in terms of the throwing together tag teams yeah these are well down the list on, on shitness mm. not oh, maybe not shitness but Pointlessness and lack of uh, value. Yeah, this isn't um, this isn't air boom. And at least they were in the family together, you know. Yeah. So I'll I'll give that. There's um, a built-in rhyme or reason for their existence. Yeah. So I'll, I'm gonna go no. All right. Well, I think that that kind of has kind of uh, swayed me. I'm gonna go no as well. So they are they are free. Andre and Haku scot free. And let's face it, Haku could kill us. Yeah, that's another one I was thinking of, to be honest. Pretty sure Andre would just block up the trapdoor as well. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he, he can't get around. <laughs> <out, laughs> ah, oh, shit, the Ashensen haven't gone in yet. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along now. Air Raid on the UK fan forums in with his nomination. It's got to be the Bushwhackers for me. Grave apologies to anyone that grew up with them, or for who Cousin Luke and Cousin Butch had some, uh, hold some form of nostalgic charm. But no. I'm not saying there's no place in wrestling for comedy characters, but even in childhood, I never found anything amusing about their licking each other in sardine-related banter. Every time Jesse Ventura used to refer to them as the marching morons, I'd nod to, I'd nod to myself in quiet agreement. You have to be pretty rubbish to inspire as much hatred in a ten-year-old as these idiots did, but along with that other jelly-brain Jim Duggan, the cheating cunt hitting people with a fucking plank, Luke and Butch were an instant guarantee I'd be rooting for the heels to murder them dead. When I was getting into wrestling, I developed hero worship very quickly, 
for lots of the goodies for various reasons. Toughness, strength, cool charisma. But these pair had none of it. I saw absolutely no reason to cheer for them. Their finish was the absolute drizzles too. I knew it was all staged at early doors, but virtually everything else looked like it hurt, or maybe understand how it could hurt. The battering ram was fucking ludicrous. <laughs> you never got told off for copying that one at school. For a finish, it looked like it would hurt less than a decent backdrop. In addition to looking like shit and having a crap finish, they were losers. <laughs> All the tapes I got hold of for the first couple of years of my fandom, the whackers only seemed to exist to get beat. How could anyone get behind these chumps? And their matches were dreadful. Now I'm not exactly going to say that was a work rate pervert right from the off when it was faces like Warrior Tatanka and Crush doing the rounds. <laughs> As you may have quoted me on before, I'm sure the Beverly Brothers match from Rumble 92 is still going on today. In summary, I never found any redeeming qualities to this pair. Apologies uh, to anyone hardcore into their whacking who may be reading or listening, but the brain once said, if I manage the bushwhackers, I commit suicide, and I feel the exact same way about watching them wrestle. Uh, West London Mist on the UK fan form says, I agree with their raid about the bushwhackers. I think I found them entertaining for a bit when I was about six, but within months, I lost interest. They were losers, and saying the finish was shit is being quite polite. They look like a crazy alcoholic you may see outside a train station seeking change that your parents would tell you to not go near, so how could you really support them? Uh, Mr. Lassell on Pro Wrestling Only says the same thing. The bushwhackers, not the sheep herders, but the WWF version. So many house shows and pay-per-views were sullied with their comedy. Didn't even have the decency to be brief, as I'm pretty sure their match with the Beverly Brothers from Royal Rumble 92 is still going on. Jack O'Regan on the Facebook page also says, For me, it's the Bushwhackers. I liked them once when I was three, but looking back, what a bunch of shit. Toothless, gormless, and the stench of fish from them is comparable only to the last woman I slept with. <laughs> um, Charming. Yeah, yeah. I don't really... A bit like Ronan. <laughs> you okay there, Kieran? <laughs> A bit like Ron and Don, I don't really think this is worthy of much debate, to be honest. I think the only question that should be asked is, can we throw in the flag bearer and the the living Eugene that is Jameson with them? (laughs) Kieran, I I, want to know your thoughts on the Bushwhackers. Were you a fan when you were younger of the Bushwhackers? No, No, I was not. How did you like that tag team of the Bushwhackers and Jelly Brain Jim Duggan, by the way, at SummerSlam 92? I I just never understood... Why Why would you cheer these people? They look like they get on a bus and, and they smell a cider. <laughs> and they're going licking each other, so it probably smells even worse. I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I just, no. You just I, don't get it? I just don't get it. Apart from looking a little bit like Carl, there's no redeeming features oh, to the Bushwhackers. Oh, now that's, that's, that's said a little right. bit. Kane and the Bushwhackers, that's cruel. That's I'm cruel. only missing one tooth. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that bothers me about the Bushwhackers is the fact that for a team that really did have such little redeeming value other than and, and there's going to be a case here I'm sure Luke our resident devil's advocate might say you need to have a children's entertainer on the card at some level that crossed my mind however who the fuck did they ever entertain they lasted so long it felt like they were knocking. They were in the 1995 Royal Rumble, and they, they, I don't know when they arrived exactly. It was 87 or 88, but Jesus, what did they have on Vince. I, yeah, that's what it makes you think. What happened in New Zealand stays in New yeah. Zealand, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Forget 95. Do you remember the the 96 tag title tournament that ended at the free for all for WrestleMania 12? Like it was yesterday. Yeah. The bike where the bike. Please, I believe that. I believe Kieran, that. Kieran is looking at me like I made some. But I swear, Kieran, it ends with the body donors beating the Godwins, which is why it was on the free for all. <laughs> and by the way, but, by but, the way, there's a nominee, the Godwins, who I don't think got a single vote 
That's that's a travesty. That but is a travesty. More on that later. But the Bushwhackers were in that tournament in 1996. They came out with a kangaroo that had a loaded pouch. No way. No. I think you've just saved them. No. I'm sorry. No. You've just saved no. them, Carl. No. Every listener is thinking, well, we can't this... put them in now. That's fucking brilliant. Well, thankfully, the listeners don't get a right of reply here. Once they've sent in their submission, that's it. <laughs> These people are lower than... Not the, not the listeners. The bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah, you might want to clarify, clarify Are lower than pond scum. They probably <laughs> smell worse than it. They're lower than an ant's nutsack, Carl. Get it straight. <laughs> the whole nation of New Zealand is appalled by these two fuckwits. So room 101 from you, Carl? Oh, fucking hell. Just, just, just get him in there and get him in there now. Yeah, it's a yes from me. I, I, I mean, I knew I was going to get labelled as a devil's advocate because, let's face it, I am, but... As it stands, gentlemen, I, I, they just never offended me. In much the same way as, as, as Kieran didn't get it as far as cheering them, I didn't get it as to why I should care that Kieran wasn't cheering them. You Look know what I mean? Them. It's like, ah, ah, yeah, so... They never embarrassed you in front of other people. I, no, because by the time... The, yeah, oh, okay, interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that they're oh, more oh, embarrassing. He's on to me, he's on to me. They're more embarrassing than the drunken dad dancing at a wedding, mate. Come on. Well, admit they it. are self-aware of their comedy. But no, what you... comedy? You think... Of, no, okay, they are self-aware of their silliness. You take, like, the, the, the rumble spot, the, the kind of vaguely or whatever. Boom, duh, 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 it, I made all the actions there, folks, yeah. but you it weren't was, there to it see was, it. It was, it, was, it was rumble 91. Uncanny, Luke lasted it? four seconds. There you go. It was uncanny, but people, you know, they remember that spot. It, it, it's, it's an awareness of the humour that I can sort of appreciate. They weren't... Oh, God, I'm not keeping them out. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real yeoman's effort. Though. I was trying, guys. Come on. You tried hard, but that's that... not going to be any debate today at all. Is there? We're just going to be throwing oh, fuckers in. It's because this pit is bottomless. You can just keep filling it up with shit. And there are so many shit tag teams. As we all come to. So, again, Bushwhackers, Room 101. Jazzy Jeffers on the UK fan forum says, I get a feeling I'll be shouted down for this, especially since they've now been announced as going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but I just can't be arsed with the Rock and Roll Express. Even when they're in squash matches, which are designed to make the name team look strong, they only ever seem to be able to do the Ricky's the babyface in peril, Robert comes to the rescue after a hot tag, double drop kick pin. Which makes sense when they're against a team talented enough to make these things look credible, such as the Midnights, but when it's a pair of Johnny Come Latelys, who's just been thrown together for the purposes of getting the rock and rolls over, it looks ridiculous to see an established tag team getting schooled by a pair of individuals with no experience teaming or chemistry. Robert Gibson is a fantastic choice for a tag team wrestler as he can keep an eye on both opponents simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't used to mind them as a kid but when I found out from a conversation on that classic Memphis wrestling show on TWC back in the day uh, they were thrown together in Memphis to give the lads something to do as an exercise and appealing to a certain demographic so they can still draw money when the fabulous ones were unavailable the bloom came tumbling from the rose. Morton looks more like a middle-aged mum in a supermarket than a rock and roller, and Gibson looks like he's there for a paycheck. Plus, the matches, during my retreading through the old NWA worldwide wrestling shows on the network, are dull, dull, dull. In short, I feel like they're the Coco Beware of this year's Hall of Fame inductees so far, and it's only on the length of their careers rather than their charisma, as I don't even imagine they'd be able to get much of a nostalgia pop now. If they don't make it in, can I propose a discovery I made while I was double-checking the reasons for their formation? The short-lived tag team of the Rock and Rockers team of Robert Gibson and Marty Jannetty that is sometimes formed when Ricky Morton isn't available. 
<laughs> Something to do with child payments, by any chance? <laughs> so the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, I'm gutted there because I had I an eye joke lined up, <laughs> but uh, I don't think They're I can. Sorry, I don't. Well. <laughs> sorry. But uh, on the base, I don't think I can top the email. Or that one, uh, that one will just have to bite the dust. Out. Um, I can, I can kind of understand an argument if, if you were new to wrestling. And what you're watching in retrospect doesn't necessarily hold up today, perhaps. For example, their stint in the NWA stable in 1998, coming out to the rockers' music. The very one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's not forget um, old Richard Morton oh. in the York Foundation. Yeah. Um, but no, I I can still enjoy some of their stuff going going back. I mean, I I enjoyed their match with the the Heavenly Bodies at Survivor Series '93, even if no one else in the Boston Garden did. Um, yeah, as, as 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 fun as it is to uh, to sort of make jokes at Robert Gibson, the ugliest eye. pretty boy in wrestling yep, history, yep. balding as well. Though, don't forget that, and and Morton's mullet and pot belly. I, <laughs> you know. I don't have it in me to to to, nom- to put them in room one hundred and one. I think, no, this is I, think a... I think even even if I didn't like them as wrestlers, I get the feeling that they're they're sort of you know downward the downward trend of their career has been cruel to them enough. <laughs> well, that's that's really what it is. The downward trend of what was actually a fantastic run as, as baby faces in mid south and in the in the and in the, in the new uh, in the NWA. But uh, yeah, I, I, the the downward slide as you put it there. Is is quite a steep one, and I think if you if you caught on late, I can certainly see the case. Now he said he's gone back and he's still not enamoured with them. So if that's the case, then uh, then absolutely fair enough. But I think that there is enough merit here that these should not be in room one hundred and one. I can't put them in one hundred and one. No, no, no chance. Uh, the, the old Mr. South stuff when you see all these little teeny boppers. It's just, crazy. It's brilliant. It's great theme Pure music. Pure rock and roll is king. With yeah. a and I'm sorry, I can't criticise someone for laying out matches where you get heat on the face. Uh, you get heat on the faces, and then they get a comeback. Sorry, that's wrestling, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. Uh, yeah, they're not going to really fit our particular criteria based on who we've thrown in so far at this point, folks. And. Uh, I think Haku's guarding the door. <laughs> Jimmy James on Pro Wrestling Only says, Fire and ice! Every time I get to the 90s Nitros uh, in the Outsiders NWO era, they come along and suck all the energy out of the show. There are worse teams in that era, but none are as boring. This, of course, being Scott Flash Norton and Ice Train, who had vanished from the scene but came roaring back. Remind me again, how much was Scott Norton paid a year by WCW? Uh, at this point, not as much as he would later be paid, which uh, was, I believe, you, you 750000 You've got to keep him, man. you got to up it. You don't want to go anywhere. He's a big star in it's New Japan. Hey, I popped when he came out for that, uh, that Royal Rumble. The New Japan, Japan. Rumble. <laughs> yeah. um, this, this, this kind of falls into the category boring you know, nothing team very much meh yeah everything about them is just hey, I, I couldn't say four to six yeah but certainly three to five yeah. two to five I mean, yeah don't get me wrong they're not ones two, I'm, four. I'm two, not, four. two to four right. I'm, I'm not trying to suggest it at any point that they're or even decent or really even passable but yeah they have a bit of a stink with the Steiners of the Great American Bash in there yeah but once or twice people nearly get dropped on their head well that's why yeah. kind of, <laughs> has a humorous element to it um, but no, they they were together for such a short amount of time, and it's not as if they were killing a load of people that I absolutely loved or anything like that. So they never, they never really put them over. 
No, that's it. So, so I, I don't find them offensive in that sense. It's not as if I'm watching them come in and, and lay waste to. You know, it's not as if they're coming in and beating the Steiners. It's not as if they're beating the the Road Warriors. I might have liked them if they'd have beat the shit out of the Nasty Boys, mind you. But, uh, but that's another story for another time. Um, but yeah, such a short lifespan for the team that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't feel any animus towards no, it. I'm not strong enough on this one. It's going to be a no from me. Well, I mean, at least they weren't doing bad comedy, which means we dumped them in immediately. Yes. <laughs> I'd much rather they harm people and shit. No, I'm only kidding, of course. Uh, no, it's... I I just hate Scott Norton. Um, I just hate Scott Norton. Just useless... Like a fold, not even a waste of flight, like a fold of flesh. He's this pouch of flesh that waddles down the aisle and sort of. Well, you know, I think that's a bit harsh. He was actually quite. Yeah, yeah I guess. I, it's just my image of him recently, and it's a bit. Yeah. He's bigger than you. Well, that is true. That's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't like Scott Norton, but I, it's like I, I'd more than happily throw him in on his own. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, I got nothing against Ice Tri- No, that's not true either. Hold he, on. He has <laughs> wonderful entrance music. Oh, no, We're God. stretching here, Carl. <laughs> it's like it's I I am I I am happy to see them stand on the edge of the precipice of the trapdoor to room one hundred and one, and it's a fifty-fifty. It's a coin flip as to whether I super kick them in or not. It's the thing. You know? If they're top heavy, heavy if they're top heavy physiques, just you know make them topple in then. So yeah, yeah. So I, be it. It's on them. Yeah, I I I, I was never offended by them. They probably weren't around long enough to be offended by them. I kind of liked Ice Train when I was a kid. Oh. Is when this I was your, a kid, is this, is this your 1993 <laughs> worldwide nostalgia? Yeah, coming back? confessions of Kieran O'Rourke. <laughs> so, yeah, and he wasn't around long enough to offend me either, and I haven't gone back to watch any Ice Train to, you know, <laughs> what? come up with a true opinion. So I'm gonna let him slide. All right, me wait, too. Wait till we get to MI Smooth. Oh yeah, Justin Seminate from the UK Fan Forum. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea so that every other Justin gag was taken, and he tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suggests the public enemy. I remember getting into the tape trading scene, Rob Butcher at the back of Power Slam, and getting stuck into ECW. Some awesome wrestlers like Guerrero, Malenko, Jericho, Cactus, Funk, Benoit, Lynn, Sabu, and Taz. Great tapes. Then here come two useless fat cunts doing that fucking stir the porridge or whatever shite dance the youth who watch the word and wank at some tits on Eurotrash do to that annoying as fuck House of Pain song. Then they get in the ring, can't bump, can't do moves, just get a bunch of chairs thrown at them by brain-dead audience members trying to get themselves over, break a table, and Sabu did it first, get blown up, and fucking inexplicably somehow win a bunch of awards for Tag Team of the Year. How? How? They embodied the kind of lazy stereotyping people, fat twat who can't work also see Dream and Tommy um, obviously- oh you just stole Kieran's vote just like that sick bastard <laughs> obviously teams like the Bushwhackers Beverly's etc were dog shit but they were never hyped like these two twunts Johnny Grunge looked like he was fucking aborted at three days and no one had the heart to tell him and Rocco Rock looked like the white guy out of Charles and Eddie Charles Eddie after a donut binge and a blindfolded ADH riddled toddler had been told to draw a beard on him with permanent marker and we're supposed to believe these useless fat bastards can hang with Ben Benoit Malenko, they look like the kind of pool cleaners you see end up on Britain's Got Kitty Fiddling Talents, and I sincerely wish they'd be wiped from the arse of professional wrestling like a dingleberry. Apologies if this comes across as a bit harsh on the deceased, but I honestly hated this team. No. <laughs> He's won, won me over. Yeah. <laughs> I like the cut of his gym. Oh, predictable Kieran. <laughs> it's not even the dreamer. Um, it was true. Um, yeah. 
they're annoying because it's yeah for that exact reason the, the, the hype that did anyone watch them to vote for them yeah they're, they were atrocious and really uncool but somehow people they got by without Paul being Hay- bastard. I'll tell you what one of my favourite things I've ever heard Paul Heyman say was when he was talking about how he was at some convention at the end of 93 to be given an award uh, on behalf of Public Enemy for them being the tag team of the year and Heyman followed up with which was the first clue I ever had that I knew what I was doing as a booker <laughs> <laughs> because this was a team who through very limited exposure on, on ECW TV with music videos and stuff like that they showed the cool stunts and never really much of the brawls um, and again it's just that kind of that small you know ECW isolated cool thing you know the Here Comes the Hot Stepper by uh, Indy Camos yeah yeah um cool song cool dance you know fun little thing they had some funny you know Rocco Rock could be quite funny in these uh, produced promos that Heyman did but man you take them out of that element and you stick them in WCW the WF and you see that these two guys are right down there with just the sloppiest especially Johnny Grunge who may be the least talented like major level performer of that era awful the thing was with Public Enemy I always kind of Whenever they show up in one of these companies, I was always like, yes, finally, I get to see what the public enemy is all about. This team that does moonsaults through tables and all this exciting stuff. And then you see it, and it's just garbage. Funny thing, actually, is that my experience of public enemy mirrors... Uh, Mr. Inseminations, uh, <laughs> actually, very closely. Um, is I I think people just call him Semi for short. You know, you're right. Uh, that's that's Semi short. Um, no, it's I. Um, I remember I picked up a bunch of ECW videos when uh, Liam and I were down at an FWA Academy show gimmick thing down in Portsmouth. And um, they, you know, they had a table of tape trading bullshit there, and it was all crap. Every fucking one of them, and it was like the dregs of the shit they obviously couldn't sell at other shows. But me going, oh, some ECW. I've only watched a bit of that. I can watch a bit more ECW. Oh, here's one Scott Hall in ECW. How bad could that be? That was the first time I and I, I, I oh, I've heard of these guys. Okay, let's have a look. And honestly, it, it, it hits you like it's a bad joke. Is this is this public? This is what you're on about. This is it? Fuck me. I'm going to have to wait another 10 years because clearly 90s isn't working for me wrestling-wise. This isn't this isn't working out at all. It's um yeah, I have I have waited to get this off my chest for apparently about 15 16 years now and um I I want these guys in room 101 far more than my voice is allowing me to project my hatred for these two really? for just uh, cuz no, I I watch these ECWs and but what I remember of it is just Public Enemy being on there and just watching it with my eyes slightly squinted because I just didn't understand ECW. And I'm sitting there going, well, everyone says ECW's great. Why aren't I enjoying this shit? <laughs> Public Enemy nearly killed my love of wrestling. Two yeses so far. Yeah, they, they're sort of like the, the poster children for exposing the, the myth of ECW. And, you know... It, it exposes those ECW fans, particularly at the uh, at the bingo hall, who you know were so smart and so cool and so hip, and they waved their arms around like prats. <laughs> they, they 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 were suckered in. Um, Luke's pretty much made his feelings abundantly clear. Um, I don't think I can match that level of vitriol, uh, but yeah. It's, Suffice to say, it's definitely a yes from me for the uh, for the room. 
it would have been a yes for me as well. Yes. Four and out. Four and out. Four and out. Four and in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moon salting backwards through the table into the trapdoor. <laughs> Let's move on now to another one that I know Carl is very eager to get to. Andrew Quirk on Facebook page says, Rawley, Ryder. <laughs> the shit entrance music, Rawley. The Daigler outfits, the Timmy Mallet level of aren't we fun wackiness, Rawley. The alleged catchphrase of we don't get hyped, we stay hyped, and orangutan with Alzheimer's would make more sense, Rawley. <laughs> I took my young son to a house show on the November UK tour and these two utter cockwombles were on it. My son turned to me and said, I'm frightened, confused and ashamed. Why have you brought me here? <laughs> Rawly. <laughs> my God, they're awful. Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says, I'm going to go with the hype bros. Mojo Rawly might be the most pointless wrestler of this or any era. And also because I'm misnominating Zack Ryder in the last Room 101 show, he's fucking terrible. Zero redeeming qualities. If he's going into Room 101, I want him pushed into it by Kane while strapped to a wheelchair. <laughs> And uh, Harry Wiseau on the UK fan form says, Surely the hype bros are worthy of a place. Not so much the woo-woo guy, but the other bellend with his fucking neon face paint and annoying everything. In fact, that at the time you had Enzo and Cass, Revival, Jordan and Gable all being great on NXT, then these pillocks come out with their we-don't-get-hyped-we-stay-hyped bollocks, bouncing all over the place pretend to be excited about some unspecified events, and otherwise looking like they've had too much sunny delight. And then when they get in the ring, they're shite with it. Well, that mojo guy anyway. First, Zack Ryder gets cancer, then he gets lumped in with that fucked hard wearing yellow t shirts. Poor bloke. <laughs> so, the hype bros. There you go, Carl. You wanted their nomination, you got it. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, thank you, listeners. Much appreciated. Um, their entrance music alone is insufferable. I think the only sort of music I've heard that's worse than theirs was Candice Michelle's back in the day, for anyone oh. with memories that long. I hate Ryder alone. And yet they've gone out of their way to find someone, I'm sure I've mentioned this on other podcasts, who is more insufferable than him. More more insufferable than the man who proclaimed himself the internet world champion, who videoed himself in his car singing along to NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, they found someone worse than that. I feel you have too much knowledge. They They found Mojo Rawley. Where they found the, in a gutter somewhere, <laughs> in a bin, a lab having been tested on. He suddenly moved around like a brain damaged test monkey, for God's sake. It almost seems that putting him in room 101 is too good for him. He doesn't really deserve to live. Yeah, but think of the pain he's going to inflict on everyone else who've got to sit around while he's there doing. <laughs> Imagine these wankers hanging out together in room 101. The Harris boys. You know maybe, we should, maybe we should put Haku in there just to fuck up Mojo. <laughs> Touché. Mm, Mojo, that's... stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll. No Mojo. Yeah, they'll be. They'll. They'll be. Mojo dead. <laughs> there'll be no praying for Mojo from this individual. Let me tell you. Go and hang out with the bushwhackers. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll never pray for Mojo show. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I uh, yeah. This is a yes for me as well. A, a team, a combination. I've not, you know. Zack Ryder, again. The thing is, part of this one, I do feel like, again, I don't hate this team as much. Mojo Rawley is terrible. But because they've been, they haven't, again, a team that's never been pushed. There's just always been jobbers. So, I mean, does their mere existence... Yes. <laughs> yes! Given that you've already said yes before you've gone have on you, to realise have this. You, have you seen the way that Rawley moves? <laughs> what about his clap dance at Survivor Series? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I, think, I think what bothers me... <laughs> 
I think what makes him even more insufferable is, <coughs> is not the fact that he's just acting like this in the ring. Apparently, he's really like this. Well, the best he's, characters he's the are high- amplified <laughs> versions of their real selves, Carl. We all know this. I take offence to the use of the word best in mm. relation to any topic that involves Mojo Rowley. So he's in. Buried so deep, even the Lord can't find him and judge him. <laughs> just they never bothered me they seemed like a couple of dickheads but who cares you know it's not like they've it's not like when when rest when the wrestling history books are written they will not be a footnote yeah i i i can't justify it but if they're going in i won't shed a tear so fuck it all righty so you're in get hyped about that <laughs> um big bully beauty on the uk fan form says for me it has to be the nasty boys even though they took part in some decent brawls in wcw before heading over to the wwf i hated everything about them then to top it off they get chosen to dethrone my number one team the heart foundation which only serves to further my insane hatred for them they never took part in any good matches under the wwf and then vince has the fantastic idea to turn them babyface. what on earth were they thinking the two most unlikable shit fucks now looking for cheers from fans I'd rather watch Techno Team 2000 than these cretins. Man, I fucking hate them. And a crap game 13 on the F4W message board says the Nasty Boys. Look, they're fine brawlers, but every time one of the big two would start getting some really good depth and division, here come these guys to make things suck. So, uh, knobs and sags. Well, I appreciate the the uh, that you know the frustration of the Hogan link, and then uh, all that follows in in the latter 90s. As a child. They do stand out as being wow, iconic of my childhood. Really? And on that fact alone, I'm going to leave him in. Because yeah, he styled his hair after Don't you remember, yeah. Liam? Absolutely. Looked just like mm. him. You've still got photos. Oh, yeah, that's or true. Posters. That's true. <sighs> Call me crazy, but I expected better of the man who got behind the Lex Express. What about... What about <laughs> An ice train? What about, two, two. what about the... Um, they had a good match with Cactus and uh, Man Mountain Rock. They did. They did. And they that's also right, had a, a humdinger with the Steiners at Halloween Havoc. In 1990, you're right. That, bro- those two things outbalance yeah. the yeah. waves and waves, the ocean of shite that has been associated with these two. I'm getting yeah, it. yeah. A, a broke a broken clock is right twice a day, and the match with the Steiners and the match with Cactus and Max Payne is the, are those two twice a day examples. Um, outside of that, sloppy as hell, generally shit. Pretty much every other time I saw them. I have a hard time getting past the 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 Knobs Hogan Association. God, that sounds like a sex tape, doesn't it? But, um, <laughs> you know, Brian Knobs' involvement on Hogan Knows Best is a mark against him as well. How about showing up in TNA in 2010 oh. with nasty I Am t-shirts from Run Against the Dudleys? Dream match. Oh. <laughs> I, I hated knobs and sags. I, 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 iconic as they may be, I fucking hated them. As a child? As a child. So you, they were good heels then? Because you weren't judging on work rate, I'm assuming. No, of course not. I just, I just pity city. Yeah, I hate them too, but as a then child. Then again, I hate them as baby heels. faces too. So maybe uh, his point there about how when they're, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the thing though. When I was when I got into fashion, they were baby faces in 92 when I was watching. Because they turned. And then obviously in 93, they. Oh, well, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, 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 I hate to cut you off, Liam. Please do. But I remembered. I'm wrong. I remember that wonderful match they had at Survivor Series '92, where they teamed with the Natural Disasters to take on 
IRS, the Million Dollar Man, and I think it was the Beverly Brothers. The Beverlys. I'm sorry. Three of those three. teams. <laughs> three of those caliber in the match, man. Three of those teams got nominated for this show, by the way, just so, just for a frame of reference. So yeah, here we go. It comes down to us, nasty boys, yay or nay. Luke, do you have the same kind of childhood? Uh, kind of, it was just, it was just this fucking, this loud obnoxiousness that, like, I don't know why. I always think of that promo before WrestleMania Eight, where it's like these two yahoos with the Mountie and the Repo Man <laughs> all sticking around backstage, just being loud and yelling and just screaming. <laughs> oh god, oh, god yeah, it's fucking agony. Yeah. And they're going against the real rogues gallery of Slaughter, post Iraqi heel turn, Duggan, Virgil, and, and Boss Man, who deserve better than hanging out with this schlub. These 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 rotund, nay spherical fellows—they honestly pissed me off a lot. And I'll tell you why. And I've only just realised what it is. They are the forerunners for that whole thing of fucking t-shirt wearing fucking wrestlers. You know what I mean? That kind. You are too fat, so you're wearing a t-shirt. Yes. You can't put them in anything that approaches wrestling attire. So you're thinking they're the predecessors to Kevin Owens today? Yeah. Quite similar. Now thinking about him, I really liked like the paint effect of their shirt. The spray though. paint. The, 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 it that. was like a drizzled paint effect. Yeah, that's, that, that, yeah actually, drizzling is the word. Yeah. Oh, good, good point. In, actually, in, in retrospect, mate, that's more iconic than the um, them as a team. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The, interesting. Mm. Uh, however, I, I thought of what is going to cement this for me because iconic as, as they are in, in my childhood, as much as I dislike them, I remember and I have to. They were in '93 when they came to WCW. They kept putting these guys in like 30 minute matches on pay per view with like Anderson and Roma and Sting and Hawk, and they were picked to be the top heel tag team over the Hollywood Blondes. And that cements it for me. They get into room one and one for that alone. Yeah, I don't need to hear any more. Get them in there. Yeah, so that's Make it. Uh... Done. Simpsons Modern Life on Wrestling Forum says, "Well done. They were just crap. I just uh, feel they completely lacked the right image for what they were trying to portray. I'm not sure what they were trying to portray as such pretty boys or spoiled brats, maybe. But the Beverly Brothers did it way better. These guys didn't even excel in any part. Don't get me wrong. Gimmicks are often rehashed or inspired, and there's no problem. But usually, when it's done, it's done good. Think of Ric Flair and the Nature Boy gimmick. I completely took this from Buddy Rogers without really uh, much individuality, but he made it work and he did it very, very well. These guys didn't do anything well, and the name "Well Done." They were boring and their finisher was something along the lines of a shit version of Tito Santana's flying forearm with a dude whipping the opponent into it like some weak spaghetti. Well done for being shit, pair of overgrown sperm. (laughs) (laughs) See, the the, the mere mention of their name fills me with just a general sense of nothingness. Mm -hmm. I don't like them. I don't hate them. I just generally don't care. And I think on that basis, I'm going to say no, I'm not going to put them in. I saw more of them in the WWF sticker television. I think I think they both made yeah. it to the '95 Royal Rumble, which speaks volumes to the depth in the company. Uh, that yes, point. yeah. Well, they bought Rick Martel back for that one, didn't they? Yeah. Many years later. Um, yeah, I think un- unless you were a, were a religious watcher of superstars, and let's be honest, at, at that point during the company's time, no one was really a religious watcher of anything. Mm. Um, it would be really hard to have a frame of reference for these two so uh, yeah, like I say it's a, it's a no from me no from me I, I think that again if this was a again not not really pushed I mean they, I mean, to be honest they really were like the, the fucking jobber I mean you know they had to run against the bushwhackers in life four, if that means anything to anybody but uh, yeah I, again not, I don't feel strongly enough about them one way or the other yeah completely nonplussed yeah let them live 
Let them live. Well, Ooh. they just end up in their own little, their own little forgotten spot in history, which somehow is a little bit worse. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Historical purgatory. Yeah. Eric Cave on the FOW board says the Headbangers ruined the '90s for tag team wrestling and even popped up last year to pollute the television. Worst long-term tag team of all time. And Uncle Liam on the FOW board says the Headbangers also completely ruined WWF Warzone. Imagine going through Brett, Sean, Taker, Kane, Rock. Austin and Mankind only to find your world title shot was against Marsh so uh, two, two, uh, two people who are very outspoken against uh, Marsh and Thrasher who I was surprised to see show back up on Smackdown in 2016 <laughs> I was surprised they were alive but they, they should have been Ring of Honor for a stint as well uh, pre- uh, prior to that oh, god yeah back in 2012 yeah uh, so Marsh, I mean Headbangers to be honest I think of like the teams there around at the time like the new Blackjacks and the Godwins these fucking disciples of apocalypse. These teams stank. The Bariquas and it's like the new blackjacks. I remember thinking the headbangers were like a cut above these teams. And granted, it's a cut above like the lowest level. But I, I mean, if any of those other teams came up during this discussion today, I consider it. And the fact that I consider them a spot above, even if it is a moderate spot above. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm making an argument for the headbangers. But uh, I, I, I again don't feel negative enough. Yeah, I mean. That that tag division at that point, all all you've really got is is Davy Boy and Owen, and LOD who aren't being booked particularly well. Um, outside of that, there is just a, a mass of shit. Hence that hence the company felt the need to go to Austin and Michaels or Austin and Do generally just Austin and anyone. <laughs> Yeah, to try and try and prop up this uh, this uh, house of fallen cards. Didn't like them, in fairness. Um, but kind of echoing your point, Liam. Most of the time, I saw them in the ring. The Godwins were on the other side, and you know, in that sense, yeah. there was always someone else around at that period that I disliked more. Yeah, that's it for me too. So I'm 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 surprised to hear me say this, but uh, I'm I'm going to give them a pass. You see, here's the thing. I remember clearly in school with the, the headbangers thing, and um, there were some people who really liked the headbangers oh, at that time. Who? who? We were in the same year at school. No, at I, the same, I, I, I want I'm names. I'm pretty sure it overlapped my primary school as well. There was Matt Storer. No, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, um, fan of the show. No. <laughs> um, but no, there were people who liked the headbangers and really liked the headbangers. And those people are the kind of people who you just watch. If you ever watched them in class, they were picking their nose and eating it. It was that kind of group of human being. Um, and 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 it's just like I and I I came to hate the headbangers because I just associated them with the people who liked the headbangers. Yeah. Essentially, it's linked to childhood trauma, I suppose, in a way. Let me stress that whilst we were at the same school, yes, we were never in the same class. <laughs> that is uh, that is true. Carl graduated thirty or forty years before me, actually. Compared to like the Harris boys and some, the it drops. Nothing stopping you dropping them all in, man. It is. So it's, all, it's all relative. Um, I did hate their promos. I did hate those videos when they were, they were advertising the, the the toys. Oh, Give the war guns. To your hate. Give it to the hate. Um, but how, the, how about their uh, flaccid? Attempt at a heel run towards the end of ninety eight. We've just seen on the uh, Monday Night War timeline where they're doing the promo at the Outlaws. Remember yeah. that when they're trying to do the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and got the, the fake tag team belts on the, the oh, toy yeah. tag belts. Yeah, 
They were. They were. They always felt they were struggling to really get over. Yeah, they were annoying. Not for me, sorry. You yeah. let me down, Kieran. No, I'm, just get, I'm just trying to get my numbers up, that's all. The, the, the headbangers are getting off scot-free here. West London Mist on the UK fan form says, I've got a pick that I know will not go down well. Demolition. Uh, their look is just fucking weird. They look like really fucked up pervs. <laughs> I cannot believe that was allowed on daytime TV. I feel uncomfortable watching a match of theirs back, so I don't bother anymore. I would probably let them off if it was just Axe and Smash, but once Crush joined, their matches went downhill massively. Crush was a shit wrestler and always was. Demolition. There are certainly some... Uh, S&M overtures, I suppose. Uh, who knows if Master Fuji maybe had the safety word for them. Bonsai. We, <laughs> we are left to wonder. Um... But I, I can't get behind that nomination at all. I loved Demolition as a kid. If we banish, even 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 if even if they were considered Road Warrior knockoffs by some people, I loved Demolition. The entrance music was superb. That's it. And they and they worked pretty well. They weren't just you know sort of clumbersome fucks in the ring. They they could work a good match. Yeah, a lot of good matches. Yeah, I I um yeah I'm just uh yeah, I'm the. Uh, just dead set against that one. Yeah, there, there is. I don't think there has been one yet that I've been as opposed to rock and rolls. Maybe, but I think that this is a this is a an easy no for me. I was a huge de- demos fan uh, growing up. Loved the face paint. Loved the and again they, they did have a lot of good matches. So I'm kind of yeah. This is the easiest one for me to turn down so far. And if we banish them to Room 101 forever, we'd never hear the cool music. So <laughs> that's unacceptable. Although having said that, they're when they tried to like reinvent them at the end of 1990 when they stuck them back with Fuji they gave them the gimp masks and they changed the music and Crush was there that period stinks so I can that's not Crushing that's not I would I would be I would consider if someone made the argument of trying to separate that section off of Demolition post losing the title. I'm sure Room 101 doesn't work like that you can't erase that segment would go to Room 101 for me but yeah, I, I agree with you completely that the, the Crush Association is terrible, which generally tends to be the way with anything involving Crush. There but, is a pattern. Yes, yes, there is a pattern. DOA, NWO, black and white. You know, it's uh, it's quite the long rap sheet for the jailbird. But uh, but uh, even if you take that into account, their, their body of work prior to that is more than good enough to outweigh any any negativity. Luke, I think if we uh, suggested this, Alex Haydash would want to kill us both. Yes, I know. I, I was going to comment that. <laughs> he likes Kane. Who cares? He liked Kane. Now, um, as it is... It, the, for me, it's it's um, the reverse of, of what a lot of... I, I didn't care for them growing up because I had received from someone, I think it might have been my uncle or something, the, the whole, oh, they're just Road Warrior rip-off uh, stigma. That was when I was young. So I just disregarded them out of hand. But now, having... You know, now having gone back at this age, you can appreciate that they're a lot better than they had any right to be, given a uh, given that essentially that kind of was their starting giving. That's where they came from. But yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't reasonably put them in. It just seems unsensible. I never ever. I know obviously they were, but personally, never consider them the Road Warriors knockoff. Probably because the Road Warriors were like brick shit asses, and these were two old perverts. <laughs> with fat bodies and face paint and it was completely different but that's so I was never a fan like you guys but oh, by no way am I going to put them in, yeah. in 101 now they had a great run as a, as, as tag team champions I think about like, all the teams that there were in that time and demos got that you know that period pretty much dominating the belts for what like 
two two and a half years pretty, pretty much what from from mania 4 through to SummerSlam 90 yeah. yeah i mean with a couple of short uh, gaps along the way but uh, yeah, so they are out. They are not going to room 101. Apologies there, but uh, it's just not happening. I really wanted to be able to say, there goes the smell. Stuart Simmons on the Facebook page says, I nominate the natural disasters. Just for the simple fact they put a great big man heel in Earthquake with a useless fat man who can't go through a wall without falling in Typhoon. After teaming with old Shockmaster, Earthquake was never the same or as over as a killer. And uh, Carlo Longhorn on the Facebook page also says natural disasters. The only positive I can say about this deal is, Vin's got the team named Spot On. As apt a name as any in the history of the industry. You can't fault the logic of this pairing. You have two lumps of shit on your roster, so put them together as that won't create an even bigger lump of shit, right? I don't even know what they were doing uh, being paid to entertain me. Okay, this was the 90s, so a different era, but two fat fucks with limited movesets is never a winner. <laughs> Earthquake looked like he should have been at the M- <laughs> Earthquake looked like he should have been at the Embassy World Darts Championship with Bristow and Bobby George. <laughs> <laughs> And I couldn't look. I couldn't look at Typhoon without thinking of him dressed like a giant barber's pole during his tugboat run. If it wasn't against the premise of this episode, I would recommend sending both their careers to Room 101. But I will settle with this tag team being added uh, to what is likely to be a real rogues gallery. So uh, yeah, the disasters. They're in. I don't like fat people. And you know what? <laughs> I've just yeah. I'm putting the nasties in as well. I know they're already in, but I'm changing my vote just, just for <laughs> historical purposes. Yeah, I don't like fat people. For the record. Yeah. I, I, no team. No. Bored me senseless. Qu- Money Inc. is the only exception which bored me more. And that had DBRC, and that had no right to be as boring, so I find that more egregious. But this, the Typhoon, he is, he is awful. And the fact they were considering a, a Typhoon, he- sorry, a tugboat heel turn and run with Hogan at one point in 1990 is egregious <laughs> and absolutely horrific. This team with Earthquake is not that much better. Again, poor Earthquake. I'm not gonna say I'm not saying poor Earthquake. But he again I've he, never liked Earthquake either. No. Disgusting singlet. Disgusting. <laughs> what is going on down there? I don't know. I don't mm. but you, you can't help but look. It, it's very smooth, isn't it, around it's, there? Yeah, it's it's like, he's like a toy, an action figure where there's no penis, it just goes round. <laughs> very, very strange. Very uncomfortable to watch. Um I never liked yeah, fatty people. But when I, when I was a, a, a young wrestling fan, I always just thought of Earthquake as more so than guys like Demolition is. This guy really just doesn't look like a wrestler. Like, facially with the hair, you know, he looks like your uncle. Dirty, pervy uncle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. <laughs> Far be it from me to speak ill of the dead, such as Tony Lister. Immobile. <laughs> just call him Tony Lister, by the way, not Tony Lister. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I've got his name wrong all these years. I was generally thinking that. You're right, I got it wrong. But is he that important an individual to really care? I'd say no. Um, And now a segue into Fred Ottman. (laughs) Yeah, big, fat. Both look like they stink. Demolition probably smell a bit weird. Wind, wind. I dare say so. I mean, I'll strike against that. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't bring that up. They probably smell a bit weird. Well, you know, dull as dishwater. Let's throw them both in and just hope that Fred Ottman doesn't trip up on the way. <laughs> you know what else? You know what else about the disasters that was fucking awful? Was the fact that because they were two big fat clumps, they never jobbed them and they never put them over anyone either. It was DQ finish after walkout countout after DQ finish after fucking yeah. awful countout. We, we got subjected to their shitty tag title reign, the peak of which, if you can call it that, 
was the successful defence against the Beverly Brothers at SummerSlam 92. As confessions go, folks, I just want to say this while everyone's listening. I I loved the natural disasters as a kid. I did. Um, could I tell you why? Please. No. Um, no, I could try. Um, I was a... Um, Portly young man, I dare say. I was, uh, and for that matter, I dare say I still am. But um, I don't know. Maybe it was something to do with that. I, I This is, you know, I was young at the time. I can't bother to calculate how young. And there was something about the way they were. But you're absolutely right. Now I think about it, it was all DQ shit. But it was smoke and mirrors that just didn't occur to me as a kid. It's like, these guys haven't been beaten. They're two big fat guys. Everyone else runs up and bounces off. And that was cool for the time. Um, now, as an adult, I can look back on my childhood self and say what I've always said about children, which is they don't know shit. Uh, as a teacher, I said this quite often. Uh, people always say, you know, children are smarter than we think they are. They're not. They're really stupid. Children are dumb. Uh, I should know this. I was one, and I liked the natural disasters. Can we please put them in so I can banish this element of my life story to history? Hold on, now we got the smell of them and the bushwhackers down there. Does that not just kill everyone else at this point? Doesn't that just make them suffer? Uh, suffer long um, and hard. Okay, okay. Chris Jones on the Facebook page says, Whilst all of the above are worthy mentions, there is a glaring omission. Let me introduce you to the new Dream Team, initially consisting of Greg, 15-minute warm-up Valentine, and Brutus, Jizz Sponge Beefcake. <laughs> Eventually, Hogan got beefcake on his legendary singles run, so they replaced him with none other than Dino Roid Gut Bravo. Valentine and Bravo, these motherfuckers should be an absolute shoo-in for Room 101. In my opinion, the worst tag team combination of all time. How long did they last as a team? Not very long. No, it was from, what, from, they, Ma- from Mania, Mania 3, 3 to Survivor Series, the first Survivor Series, right? Really? Yeah, so right we're, after we're, they were, done. We're, we're talking less than a year. And generally speaking, if a team hasn't been around that long, we've been quite, um, well, fairly kind to them for for this topic. Dino Bravo. It's Dino Bravo. And I, 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 and, and I don't, I don't even. It's not as if I hate Greg Valentine. I, I always found something quite humorous about the way Valentine would sell. Uh, well, that makes one of you. It's yeah, just, yeah. just the way. What about when you go with his elbow and he swings his arm coming yeah. and he just missed like an idiot. Um. As a duo, Valentine and Bravo, not exactly known. And by the way, another reason they need to be considered for Room 101 is they were managed by one of my least favourite managers. Oh, of this luscious era. Johnny V. Yes, indeed. Oh. A real it, waste of luck. Yeah, the man who was originally the manager of Demolition. Yeah, thank God they uh, ixnade that. Put yeah. that legendary talk of Mr. Fuji instead. But uh, Hey, who didn't love Fuji Vice? We all love Fuji anyway, Vice. Anyway, away from the tangent. Oh, yeah, fuck it, get him in there. Yeah, Dino Bravo's involved. Get him in. Greg, That's enough. Greg Valentine has, uh, you know, appeal earlier in his career prior to this. But I think this that period where they because the thing is the Dream Team in general they had their moments. Most most when they were in, they were good guys. But mm. after that, I mean, this period Greg, Greg Valentine from WrestleMania three onwards, bloated, useless guy for the most yeah. part. Well, yeah, once once you're getting past his icy title feud with Tito. He's pretty much done after that, really. Yeah, you know, it, it's remarkable to think that he was still ha- lurking around the company in '92. And Mons- again, I think monsoon, a- monsoon has that wonderful burial, burial of him on uh, on commentary in the Rumble. I think. Say, I can't remember the exact line, but Monsoon was burying a few people. That oh yeah, yeah, he especially got his digs on Volkov, Volkov as well. Oh, yeah. he didn't last very long, did he? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let's move on. Let's just throw him in there. Right. Steno Bravo. Oh. Just never offended me. 
Dino. Dino never offended me. Oh, God. Why? I mean, all I can remember, and I haven't got very good memory. But why did the Greg Valentine action figure have a shin pad on? So that was the hammer jammer. For a very brief period in 1990, he did this. Uh, he had the that shin pad on, and when uh, I guess the theory was, when he would apply his figure four, he would adjust the shin pad to the other side, dirty therefore bastard. adding dirty illegal pressure to the move. But you couldn't turn the shin pad around on the figure. No. Then they're in for me. Okay, that's it. That's the that's the clincher. Yeah. That's the clincher. So it's uh, that's that's two in. I'm going to go three because luscious Johnny B's awful needs to go in. Luke. Kieran just gave an extremely compelling argument. That man is in. <laughs> Excellent. We move now to another legendary team. Uh, MIM731 on the UK fan form says, The show guns. <laughs> it hurts my brain even thinking about how terrible both Billy Gunn and Big Show were during this time. Terrible pairing, no chemistry, both thought they couldn't be asked, and who could blame them? <laughs> Fucking memories emerging out of Loch Ness around this table as we all look around going, Oh my god, yeah, that was a thing! Like, that was <laughs> You can see it in one's eyes. Yeah. It's like you said shoguns. And I'm thinking, no, that no. can't be Billy Gunn in a big show. Hang on a minute, I got a feeling that was a thing. And oh, then yeah. everyone's like the eyes go, Fuck oh. It was a thing. Oh, no. Yeah. At a time where we all thought we were gonna be saved by the invasion angle which was just starting. <laughs> I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> Um, even even so, what were they together for? Like a month, two months? Uh, I that? bet it was surprisingly longer than that. And, I've, we what, and, I, and I've just blocked it out. You think? Yeah, yeah. I bet you all the ways to these things. I'm going to surprise you here. I think. Oh I'm, I'm not going to vote them in I'm, at all. I'm not putting them in. I'm not putting them in. And I actually thought they did all right as a team because Billigan's always better as a uh, as a tag wrestler anyway. Big Show is the cleanup hitter. Getting the tag worked. I you know again I'm, I'm not calling them. The illustrious Midnight Express. No, but I see. It, it, I'm not calling it, them the Brainbusters. No, but it, it saves us from the the otherwise horribleness of two singles guys, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and it masked their. I think it masked some of their worst traits. I'm I'm going to stick to the principle that I think they were probably only around as a team for one or two months, and on that on that basis, together long enough to have that negative an impact on me. So I'm going to say no. I, I think Luke has the details. Yeah, I got, I got the details up here. Uh, 31st of July till the 21st of August 2001 <laughs> it's impressive that I remember them <laughs> if that's all they did three or four weeks yeah that's what I got here think of that think of the legacy <laughs> this team is calm you know I literally have no memory of any matches no. all, all these guys being together apart from the name I do. which I like the name but do we blame the catchiness of this name for every lump together name Jericho Rated RKO, <laughs> Team Road Scholars, etc. Et of the five matches listed on the database, two of them are house shows, one's Heat, and the other one is a Raw Smackdown. I don't feel like they've left enough of an impression for us to officially. If you saw the Shoguns wrestle live, people, write in and let us know how that went. Please do. I do. The only thing I distinctly remember about the Shoguns, other than them, like yeah, you know, again as, as a team not being too offensive to me. Was there was a skit they did from WWF New York? Carl's face is, just lit is, up. Is this the one where they bury Big, each show, other? Big Show talks about the weight he's lost, and Billy Gunn says, "Yeah, if you look behind you, you'll find where it went." Yeah, and then Big Show makes him dig about Billy Gunn and the King of the Ring or something like that. It's like basically, it's like, oh, that, that was back when they were using Billy Gu- Billy Gunn as a phrase, weren't they? You didn't want to Billy Gunn this tournament or Billy Gunn. <laughs> was it Edge? Uh, Edge, Edge. talked about the IC title. I don't want to Billy Gunn this title. <laughs> 
<laughs> Superb. So I'm not putting them in. It's a no from me. Um, AJ Styles and the UK fans from again another team of this ilk although it was short lived uh, in its uh, lifespan Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki gets his nod uh, they are always the team I think of when thinking of bad teams odd pairing pair of rubbish wrestlers and they were given a run with the tag team titles which offended me they weren't interesting couldn't get it done in the ring and were all around the shits I'm going to completely undercut my previous argument for why I'm not putting the Shoguns in <laughs> and say that Rene Dupree and uh, What's his name again? I've already forgotten. Kenzo, Kenzo Suzuki. Suzuki. And whatever his wife was called. I forget her name. Makoto. Are. Yeah, throw, throw all three of them in. Makoto. Throw all three of them in. Because they, 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 this was... This was after the days of the SmackDown 6. And this this was a real dark period for SmackDown when they introduced that guy. Who, they, if I'm not mistaken, they were good, they were genuinely considering a, a decent singles run with him. For Kenzo Suzuki? Yeah. Oh, they wanted to they, call him Hirohito and have him as... Chris Benoit's opponent when he won the world title after WrestleMania 20. So they were going to name him after the Emperor yeah. who launched the attack on Pearl Harbor. Have, have you ever seen the vignette that aired on Raw of mm. that? The idea was that he was the ancestor of him and they aired all the footage of oh. all this war footage of Pearl oh. Harbor. And, then, and basically the idea Grief. was that all these you know, a couple of gen- you know, generations later <laughs> the ancestor was coming to reclaim his glory against America and that's against, great why against, did do that against Chris Benoit yeah the Wait. Canadian <laughs> <laughs> well he had moved to Atlanta oh that's uh, a good call he, he did do that um, <laughs> but yeah but back to the tag team because Dupree was fucking awful in La Resistance as well and I'm what hope- about Fifi I'm- the French Vietnam. The tickler. The French tickler car. The French tickler car. And, and Taz's commentary was, over the tickler. He was like 21 years old, didn't he? He was a kid. He was a kid. He was also shit, though. He was. Yeah, I mean, chance. just on a just on a thought. And Kenzo has no excuse. He was just awful. Throw him in. Throw him in and be done with that. that. Kenzo Suzuki Billy Gunn match from Great American Bash oh, 2004. God. I still remember how awful the Shining Wizard in that match looked. To this day, Carl. Oh. God, I am inclined, and, and I'll say yes to this team actually. And again, it's not may, may not a fault of theirs, but this was during JBL's title run when they were, they had their run with the tag belts, and they're beating Mysterio and Van Dam. I, I think that's I think that's what clinches it for me. <laughs> it's one thing to stick these two fuckwits together to make two terrible singles guys into a terrible tag team. It's another thing entirely to put the belts on them. Mm. I mean, I've um, my first reaction is, is much as as Carl's is coming into this show. In my head, it's like, oh, well, let's just not throw any of these fucking no. Nobody remembers them. Little teams where you've just matched up two guys. Let's not bother throwing them in, or it'll mean nothing. But yeah, these two, God, they were shit, weren't they? Yeah, both of them. I mean, fundamentally crap. I mean, there's nothing good to say about them. Go on, please, well, no, please. No, no, I'm, defend I'm, them or no, something. No, I'm not, something. I'm not going to try and defend them. This is just a way of me um, completely trying to justify me undercutting the previous argument mm. again by saying, yeah, Billy Gunn and Big Show, no one really likes or cares about them. But there's n- there's not the negative impact no, no. That, the, that, that these two have. I agree the, completely, which is why, I, which was why I, I, having come in saying that, coming into the show saying I wouldn't do that, when you started reading this out, Liam, I started getting a hatred in my gut boiling up and fucking Kenzo, fucking Suzuki, Jesus Christ, what a prat! <laughs> I mean, just just incapable of... He walked funny. He doesn't even remember how yeah, he walked. Exactly! Good. I'm like, how... <laughs> how do you wrestle if you can't functionally walk? Ask Mick Foley, because I don't know. 
Dupree and Suzuki were two like failed singles guys, and it's like the last resort for both of them. It felt like, and they still pushed him. Uh, I do think Dupree got a raw deal. He's brought up too soon. He was. But he was shit though. I, I, yeah, but Kenzo Suzuki. I just remember the dread that the push he was going to get. Yeah. And this Vince is still has gone push. and raided Japan. Who's he got? <laughs> oh, <laughs> who? Um, yeah. So on Kenzo Suzuki alone, this team goes in. <laughs> remember they turned him like they tried to turn him babyface, new comedy shtick, and had him like singing like coming to America or something like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I'm voting them in. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, Carl. In. Absolutely. Kieran, yeah, in. So there you go. Dupree and Suzuki make it in. Let's move now to. Uh, I'm kind of surprised he got a nomination, but we'll see here. Dr. Copen on the UK fan form says The New Day. The no. <laughs> the boring. Hear the argument, Kieran. He might no. change your mind. The boring, repetitive, adolescent New Day can go into Room 101, a tag team that is weaker than its individual parts and who entered the record books for the longest and most uneventful tag team reign in history. It's a New Day, but it's the same old shit. And we Al on the UK fan form says, I have to say the New Day are definitely at the point for me now where they need banishing. The amount of drivel that spills out of them at every prom has me praying for a return of Lost Bariquas, the Truth Commission, the Bashams, oh, or the Heartbreakers. Lying. At least, I knew all of those fuckers were never going to win a game of rock, paper, scissors, never mind be able to bang on about 400-something or other day title reign. Their matches are good, but it doesn't matter a damn, as after I've listened to them for even 10 seconds, never mind 10 minutes, banging on about booty and unicorns or whatever else uh, they've made up that morning, I want them to get hammered by any old pair of jobbers. Don't even get me started on Xavier Woods and his gaming fetish. There's a problem when the longest reigning tag team champions in the company are bigger geeks than us headballs that watch the show to see oily men in pants rolling around. Into 101 to fuck, I say. But everyone on the roster's booked like geeks. Um, I would challenge that emailer to really think about some of the teams he's listed there. And, you know, look himself in the mirror. <laughs> and just... just Give an honest appraisal. Do I really want to see the return of Lost Bariquas and the Truth Commission? Because I think deep down, although you may be angry now, I think in the cold light of day, the answer to that question is no. Um, I can see why the New Day aren't wouldn't be to everyone's taste. The Harris Brothers, for example. <laughs> um, Harris Brothers versus the New Day. Is that what we're pitching? There is a certain staleness to the act now. I won't deny that, but. You know, considering the bad start they got off to is just the sort of the out and out babyface tag team. If anyone remembers that, remember the way they, that, yeah. they were, the way they were booed unmercifully at the Rumble, and this was before people realised Brian wasn't in the match. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they they made the best of what could have been a very bad situation, and I I completely turned the corner on them during that run. I I was really worried when they when they came together as a group. I found them entertaining as hell. You know, I don't believe for a second that they would be stronger as individuals than they are as a collective. And who doesn't love Big E's gyrating? Because I do. <laughs> I think it's mesmerising. It's like a lava lamp. <laughs> i got to say, um, when it comes to the New Day, it's an interesting one. Um, Carl's right, is they did have... I, I think we all probably had a turn, turn the corner moment with them to an extent. I think it might be the same moment. It might be slightly different, but... God, I really do feel they've got really stale. And they've not just got stale recently. They got stale a while ago. They're doing and it's it's the shit that I hear people saying about the Wyatts, um, for the last year of the Wyatts, where everyone was going, just coming out saying the same shit, blah blah blah. 
The New Day are doing the same thing. I mean, they're just adding a very slightly different... They're not even... No, I can't even justify it by saying they're adding a slightly different twist on it. When that guy said that they have just this uneventful title, he's absolutely right. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of that's because who the fuck are you going to put against them? You haven't got anyone. What are you going to do? They're doing the same thing, though. They're coming out, and they, it's, it just seemed like the wrestling equivalent of cat videos. Okay? And I know that's almost what they're going for, but it's just like they come out and go... And at least they don't necessarily... The best thing I can say for them is they don't necessarily rely on exactly the same lines all the time. They do have their cat come up with some Im- assumedly improv stuff. It's very strange to me that they are the ones that the WWE seems to let out and roughly, roughly speaking, let them go off on a tangent. They- there's some nice stuff. I like the-, the the subtle heel stuff that I've been seeing come through. I'm just kind of waiting for them to follow through on it in any meaningful regard. And granted, I haven't really watched much recently, but... It's there was some wonderful subtle heel stuff they were doing, which I thought, oh, that's going to make for a really interesting turn that just seemed to dwindle. Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure they did that like for the two weeks before they broke the title. Yeah, they broke the record. The desperation of the belts, which I thought could have been a really interesting way to play things, and they just didn't bother. They didn't. That's the thing, though, is that they didn't bother. Is there is so much further they can go, and they can do a lot of interesting stuff, and they're all charismatic. The matches aren't bad. The matches aren't bad. It's a bit more dependent on who they're wrestling, but that's wrestling takes two or in this case four six maybe to tango so you can't put them in now because you'll never know what could become if we chuck them in that's a great point in the sense of it wasn't that long ago when everybody felt that way and then completely turned when they won the belts at SummerSlam and they had their ridiculous celebration everyone was like they're great oh my god they're great all of a sudden I think it's simpler than that surely they they were uncharismatic baby faces Mm -hmm. who went heel and given a bit of freedom had a bit of fun and where well, I got over because they were entertaining heels yep. and then okay they've been probably faces probably a little too long now doing the same gimmick and all those people you know as is the way in wrestling they've been faced too long doing the same spiel which turned them face but it's too long as a face when you're supposed to cheer them so now people are turning on them I think that's ridiculous I think it's short sighted I think it's naive I think they should be nowhere near room 101 and Big E's a marvellous man <laughs> marvellous man uh, uh, the, 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 even with bit with Kofi's fucked up pecs they're nowhere near 101 some people growing tired of their act I'll you know absolutely listen oh, to oh, oh, I, I, I don't disagree gro- with that no growing tired of their act is. Yeah, I'm not going disagree, to necessarily disagree with that but Drake, but we're talking but it's, Drake, but it's a, it's a leap. And the bushwhackers. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a leap from growing a bit tired of the act and finding it a bit stale to lumping them in there with the Harris brothers. <laughs> Slicky Tricky Damon on TPWW forum says the dynamic dudes, not just for the team but also for John's contribution to talent relations and the diva search era. Too bad Shane has to be taken to the room for John's crimes, but he was a bitch to Jim Cornette once and refused to have a manager match with him. Maybe not too bad for Shane after all either. So the dudes, yeah, throw them in there, and everyone can watch Johnny suck Shane's dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a spectacular failure as a babyface duo. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to say a failure at life, but that uh, that office job at Titan worked out well for him for a f- hey, number of years, didn't it? Johnny Ace he, knows what he's doing. Yeah, he could play the game, and I suppose he he does have that one bright moment where he told Sid to jump off the top rope to give a big boot. Yeah. Is that enough to keep him out? No. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, not be, let's not be ridiculous. Dynamic Dudes kind of set the standard for uh, uncool babyface teams, you know? It was it was the start of that run in WCW, wasn't it, during that... Oh, I, I don't know. Renegade don't, Warriors yeah, and all I those losers. I don't know if Jim Hurd was in charge at the time of yeah. Dynamic Dudes. Yes, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure on the chronology, but mm. you, you go, yeah, Dynamic Dudes, the Ding Dongs... Uh, 
was it creatures? Fire, Firebreaker Chip and whatever his tag team oh, was yeah. I forget now but you know the, the, there's a litany of, of Todd Champion that oh yeah. god yeah there's a litany of bad sort of comic book tag teams and uh, the dynamic dudes in there skateboards and frisbees can get their ass straight into 101 as far as I'm concerned alrighty that's a nomination from you I'm gonna say no because to me the dynamic dudes are like part of our wrestling culture uh, a layer on the the landscape of pro wrestling it just wouldn't be the same without them it's like I wouldn't change the shock master for the world you know? <laughs> that's true so uh, on that premise I I, I, uh, I will always ne- I'll never put the shock master in although I suppose I already have um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the dudes stay out too because okay. what, what what do we talk about these two fucks that? apart from <laughs> and all that shit yeah. um, nah I'm, I'm saying no you see as it comes to it I'd rather not talk about them at all that's kind of the point uh, I'd love to say they they were a, what they were was a, a misguided product of their times and um, slightly horrendously so I'd go as far as to say and even as a kid watching that kind of thing it's, it's cringe inducing it's so cringe-inducing. And I would like to minimise the amount of cringing in the world. I'm doing the world a favour. Cringebuster. Cringebuster. You can call me Cringebuster Edwards if you want. It'll be a bit weird if you do it in public, but I'm open to the idea. So, as it is, Cringebuster Edwards says... <laughs> open that trap door. <laughs> Sounds like PN uses new tag team fun. <laughs> now that... Uh, we, ain't, we ain't never going. We ain't never going in the trap door. The argument against the Jim Hurd argument again... Van Hammer's another classic where it's like shoehorn an idea skater tag team heavy metal wrestler and you just see them and like obviously Van Hammer was terrible for different reasons but uh yeah not not a team that was that had any chance of really catching on I, I'm, I'm not gonna vote them in though I think I think for the same reason as Kieran's like, I, I like having a standard that you can just try. they weren't offensive to me it was just a, they were just a shitty tag team they were, they, again never pushed so it was like I don't really care to be quite honest they, they don't offend me enough the so dudes ride again. The dudes ride again on their skateboards. Oh, not as the case, mate. Well, yeah. <laughs> Carrying their skateboards. That we had the opportunity to throw left foot Laurinaitis in room 101. And he's walking free because of the O'Rourke boys. <laughs> I hope you can both live with yourselves. Mm, I am having a problem with that now he's mentioned it. <laughs> no, no, he's put it like that. I'll be fine. You'll be fine? Yeah. <sighs> Sleeping like a baby over there. <laughs> uh, TDK on the UK fan form says, Any bastard rehash of an old team, especially if they have a new, preceding the actual name. The new Rockers, the new Blackjacks, Double Blair, and made me question my deep yearning for everything Barry Windham. But my ultimate nomination has to be the new Midnight Express. Go and fuck off immediately, and preferably, hurl yourself off a very tall structure with lots of nasty, sharp things or stingy things at the bottom to cushion your fall so you lead a long, horrid life of constant pain and anguish at what you've done. So some real hatred there for bombastic Bob and bodacious Bart. I think we can have a hat trick and throw all three of those in, to be honest. New Rockers, New Blackjacks, New Midnights? Ooh. Though I suppose if we if we throw the new Rockers in, does that mean I suppose we, we kind of lose some of the some of the comedy stories about Marty Janetti that I've enjoyed over the years. And Al Snow disappears as well. No, no, I stand by. I think I think we could throw all three. I'm, I'm, I'm down with throwing all three of these teams. In I'm bit. down for throwing all three, and also any team with the name Team in their name. Techno Team Two Thousand. They're in. Yes, <laughs> we got Eric Watts in there. At least we're consistent. In we go. 
Uh, Tony Pulis's cap on Pro Wrestling Only says, It feels harsh in a way given their incredibly brief run, but Harlem Heat 2000. When Stevie Ray is the work rate part of a team because the other is a hideously out of shape and overweight Ahmed Johnson, sorry Big T, then I think that tells its own sorry tale. WCW 2000 is a general wasteland in terms of good matches and performances, but these guys still manage to stand out in their awfulness. Truly terrible. <laughs> um, even though he's not with them, a blight on Booker T's career, just through the, 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 his last initial. Um, but his initial <laughs> or is his full name T? Uh, T is his uh, middle initial. Who is it? Booker T Huffman. Okay. Initial? Or is it like T as in like T double E? Uh, T that you're drinking. T stands for Tio, I believe. Tio. Yeah, oh, that's a cool name. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Definitely in for me. Hong Kong 2000. Oh, oh yeah. fuck me. What? Uh, a, a, a more. I mean, oh god. WCW's tag team division in 2000. The Mamelukes. The Harris Boys. The Boys. The Boys. Harlem Heat 2000. I mean, this was just a sorry state of affairs. Yeah. It's. Though I wonder. Is that more of a blight on Booker's career than his stint as GI Bro in the Misfits in Action? No, that's worse. Let's face it, before he won that that title belt at uh, Bash of the Beach, it was it had been a pretty rough year for Booker up to that point. I mean, he dropped the canyon on the same show, so yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. It's, it's the I whole almost, unit. It's, it's yeah, fucking it's, it's Cash. It's it's Clarence, Clarence Mason. Mason. Oh, whose name? I, I don't Jay know. J Biggs. J Biggs. Okay, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just think of the information I pushed out my brain. I know, I know, and I, and, and I want. You could have had a doctorate by now, Liam. <laughs> look at you. I'm, I'm conflicted only because I want to try and be consistent here. <laughs> and the consistent. Why start now? No. What are we on episode one, one, two at this point? Well, I'm trying to prove you can teach an old dog new tricks, <laughs> failing miserably, but still, I'll give it the old college try. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I almost want to say that they weren't together long enough to be thrown in how, but, how long were but, Grunye and um, Suzuki together for Carl was it a long time do you yeah, say yeah, yeah, but, yeah but my defence there was they won the tag belts <sighs> actually at the time I think your defence was it's an exception fuck them I believe was the more the, uh, the sentiment yeah screw it throw them in you see here's the question though and this is a, a serious question to this matter which is um Given that Big T had the rights to the letter T, if we throw them in, do we lose the letter T entirely from the English alphabet? Also, how did Stevie Ray... Why was he not C.V. Ray? Because mm. the T, obviously, should be in the possession... I don't understand how that worked at all. I think you've answered your own question there. Have I? Oh, okay, well, I... The letter T remains. Okay, and the big fat... And the big... The fat guy, he's gone. The fat guy goes. <laughs> I'm glad we've clarified that. Dump the fuckers! Yeah, absolutely terrible team. I, I can't think of a single good thing they did. They, I remember they had a match with like Booker and Kibben at Uncensored 2000 or something where Ahmed like at one point just broke out into the crowd and then tried to do like a running dive over the barricade <laughs> on Kibben and it just fucking just lands on the floor. It just lands on the floor like dog shit right in front of him. Just, yeah, that, that's my lasting memory of them. Harmonic Generator on the UK fan form says 2006 era DX. Some of the most cringy stuff in wrestling history. The stuff you'd never want a non-fan to walk in on. Vince loves cock. Secret barbecue blowjobs. So much mooning. A real black spot on Shawn Michaels' career. The fucking glow sticks. The glow sticks. That came later, oh. didn't it? They sold. Oh. They sold. I don't give a shit if they sold. I hated DX in 2006. But he's just going to say, I hate glow sticks. As, as great as Sean could still be in the fantastic matches he would, he would go on to have, 
this this DX run did nothing for him and dare dare I say I almost defend Triple H in that sense as well, which makes me feel slightly unclean. But uh, but yeah, I'd uh, I'd throw the DX of two thousand and six in there without much hesitation. You see, there were elements uh, that I I didn't dislike. Yes, of. Every, everyone found the bit where they threw the Spirit Squad into the crate and stuck OVW on no, it funny. Not even not everyone even that. found that humorous. That's not, not even that. In fact, I found that mildly ah, oh, it's a little too awkwardly inside for putting on an actual episode. But as it is, you know, there, there were elements of Sean and 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 Hunter's um, friendship in that kind of era that came across worked well for storylines but it didn't need to be dx was always what bugged me it was the dx bit just felt like oh fuck it let's just market them as this because it was popular and i know that's what they do all the time but it's something that depresses me greatly i'm not quite sure michael's in room one. <laughs> no fucking chance you no fucking insane <laughs> no chance i Oh, <laughs> we have established it's only that run, and that run was not good. It was not a good run, Kieran. It's still depriving me of Shawn Michaels. Yes, it's also depriving you of a bit of Triple H. I don't care. Not particularly good period as well. I, 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 I would, I would deprive yourself, Kieran. Take it, take it as a sabbatical. <laughs> I think that it's, uh, it's, it's still key to say that uh, even though. I can certainly understand why some people didn't like the run because I mean it monopolized TV. Them and the McMahons, and them and the Spirit Squad. And it it was it was all over the place, and at times you know kind of over kind of took precedence over Cena and Edge, which was the kind of big hot feud of the year. So that I can certainly see an argument for them kind of being in the way. But Room One Hundred One seems excessive to me. Uh, Killjoy G on the UK fan form says uh, tag team wrestling has had some absolute stinkers, especially during SmackDown's 04 to 08 run. I know Old Man Jones is particularly passionate about hating the current crop. Hype bros, headbangers, beauty and the man beast, etc. But you won't see me nominating them. I don't think you could ever get worse than groups like the Gemini. No, no. Remember them? No. Whilst admittedly their run wasn't long enough to be too insulting, what I remember being most frustrated by was the fact that for the longest period of time, the only wrestling figures I could find in Woolworths were the goddamn Gemini. The shelves were literally filled with them and no one was buying. You could offer only one pound and no one would buy them. I swear if Woolworths was still around, you would still see this waste of plastic. Woolworths actually went out of business because they overstocked on Gemini <laughs> figures. And, uh, yeah, sorry, did you see, is that what you're going to go for as well, Carl? <laughs> Chris Bean on, uh, on the Facebook page also says, uh, to be included into Room 101, you have to be universally hated and this bold security twin duo have to be eradicated from memory. Hang on, I'm not talking about Ron and Don, I'm talking about <laughs> none other than the Shane twins. Before coming to mainstream attention, these ball bags actually won the NWA tag team titles, which says a lot for that organisation. Then they were promoted up the shaft, quite literally, by becoming the Johnsons in TNA. Yes, for some reason, someone decided it would be a good idea to put these goofs in latex bodysuits to, to resemble phalluses, when in fact they look like a couple of turds left behind by Fantastic Four's The Thing. Fast forward a couple of years, and they are now, allowed, uh, now aligned with Simon Dean on SmackDown. Uh, I can just imagine the creative meeting on SmackDown when they introduced the group. Okay, we have some twins who are signature pharmacy's number one customers, and we're linking them up with a fitness coach. Michael Hayes looks down at his horoscopes in his National Enquirer, stands up and says, I got it! The Gemini! It works on so many levels! <laughs> They stunk up SmackDown for a few weeks, then Velocity, and thankfully fucked off from wrestling for good, and now bounce a door to nightclub in Tampa. Shame it wasn't Orlando. <laughs> Jesus. That was good. That was really I good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good man, good man. I'm putting him in for the, that gag alone. That's it, that's it. Uh, Nailed it. The Jim and I, I think, were on SmackDown maybe once or twice. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm still saying no, I can barely remember them. 
I can remember them, so I can. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Kieran's putting me on the principle of the joke. Every man needs a code, Liam. <laughs> um, I will... I'm going to put them in. Yeah. I, I, they were, I, I'm putting them in because I remember them beating London and Kendrick. And I like London and Kendrick. And I thought they did had... they eat London, London and Kendrick? They might have it seems done. like the kind of thing they do. It's possible that they did. Uh, Broken Anthony on TPWW form says men on a mission they never made it anywhere the only one that made any progress was Mabel when he became king of the ring Mo was just sort of there speaking of Mabel he never really went anywhere on his own but that's a story for another time well not really I think that's kind of the perfect time to bring the fact that Mabel is Mabel Mo is Mo and I, I never understood what Oscar was saying in his rap so uh, yeah throw him in I, you know, I dreaded I mean, they, they they do the shitty hand wave like Public Enemy as yeah. well. So yeah, throw them in. Yeah, I just I distinctly remember when they were going up against the very manly Quebecers at WrestleMania 10, and dreading the thought that they were oh, on a mission were going to win. I was convinced they were going to win. I was convinced they I were going to win. I was certain they were going to win. Like, oh god, it's the babyface team. Of course, they're going to win at WrestleMania. And uh, yeah, I, I I I'm completely on board. As horrific as they were as babyfaces, apparently Vince's idea was to make them kind of like the new fun tag team like the Bushwhackers were what a legacy they're following uh, and then to turn them heel and to be that awful absolutely room 101 for me no redeeming features for either of these three either of these three terrible grammar Oscar, Oscar. Mo Mabel Mom uh, <laughs> Mom yeah yeah stay in in oh yeah <laughs> I was I was once asked by a promoter that will remain unnamed to pick up Mo from the airport. Was it Alex Shane? <laughs> it was it, Alex fucking Shane. Get I I will not Shane. comment on the name of the promoter. It was Alex Shane, wasn't it? At the time I was asked this, I had a Renault Clio, <laughs> tiny little fucking Renault Clio, older model, and I looked at my car. And I looked at an up-to-date picture of Mo, <laughs> and I decided we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> so uh, if we can get him through the trap door, you can put him in there for me. I'd appreciate it. Here's an interesting one. Uh, maybe a bit of controversy here. Who knows? Joe Ankovix on uh, the Facebook page says, "I'd like to see the Legion of Doom completely expunged from WWF." history. I will admit to some beginning bias because I hated the fact they came to the WWF to trespass on Demolition's territory. I don't care how much they drew in the NWA, I never saw them as more than oiled up muscle men and Nick Bockwinkle agreed so that makes me right. <coughs> Beyond that though, they never did anything of note in the WWF. Their program with Demolition fizzled out due to various reasons. They had a boring program and mediocre match with the Nasty Boys. Their refusal to work with the Natural Disasters led to the formation of Money Inc. And somewhere along the way they acquired a manager and a puppet. Their attitude era return was absolute garbage, and the less said about Hawk's drug addiction work shoot business, the better. Whatever success they had elsewhere, and again, they never appealed for me, pair of dumbass shoulder pads wearing meatheads, erasing them from the WWF would have no negative effects and multiple positives. Uh, Maluka on TPWW says, if we're talking about periods of a team's history, LOD 2000 and LOD 2005 with Heidenreich, uh, LOD 2000 because anything updated for the year 2000 is always awful. 
It then led into Droz's involvement and Hawk's very real struggles being used as an angle, culminating in Droz pushing him off the Titan Tron. It was weird and uncomfortable. Animal and his massive steroid belly was back in 2005 when Heiden, uh, with Heidenreich to try and further deteriorate the legacy of one of the great teams in history as, as half this table sadly did the Heidenreich march off microphone. Um, very difficult to sub someone into a tag team and make it work and Heidenreich didn't deserve the name. And a capital T truth on pro wrestling only says LOD 2000 and anything later. As a kid who thought that the Road Warriors were one of the coolest, most terrifying things to ever grace my television, LOD 2000 was a crippling disappointment. They were at best a hollow shell of what they once were, and at worst, a bad joke that everyone got but didn't want to laugh at. Even though it seemed like everyone was just trying to make the most of it, I never bought Dross as a member, and uh, the Hawk angle was a little too real and uncomfortable, not in a good way. The stuff with Heidenreich wasn't any better. I'd rather not have to know anything about any of them uh, after 97 or 98 at the latest. Even then, I am willingly taking some of the bad with the good just for our listeners uh, Kieran was one of the two people doing the hide right now on the table no one's going to believe that you liar I'm not putting Road Warriors Legion doing whatever name you want to use for them I'm not putting them in room 101 I loved them as a child I can still watch some of their older stuff back now and get a kick out of it Um, yes there are some some bad spots on there which the emails have pointed out but you know, in defence of them, they worked with the natural disaster at Royal Rumble '92. I saw that match; it was shit. If I was them, I wouldn't. <laughs> and let's face it: if you take LOD out of the tag division at that point, what are you left with? Because the Rockers have split up by '91. By the end of '91, what, what are you left with? Come on, folks, list me the list me the great teams left because you haven't got the Heart Foundation either. No, you got Money, the Disasters, and the Bevs. Oh, and the Bushwhackers. Don't forget them. There you have it. <laughs> so, babyface nasty boys. Yeah. Oh, and high energy. Don't forget high energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The head shrinkers Quite... came in around this time. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you the head shrinkers, but uh, but that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. Real slim picking. So, I, yeah. I just. I just. I can't put them in. Lo- loved them too much as a kid. I, I, I've still got a nice bit of nostalgia for for Road Warriors, and as much as their promos were sort of typical 80s sort of, you know, shouting venom piss and vinegar all that sort of thing I believed it it worked it was effective and, and even Ellering wasn't insufferable at that point yeah I, I could do with that puppet oh yeah I think everybody could do with that Rocco the, uh, the Hawk's childhood buddy come back to help him and I marked him come out on bikes at SummerSlam 92 that was marvellous yeah regardless of what condition Hawk may or may not have been in allegedly yeah, no chance of putting the Road Warriors in. Um, not even LOD 2000, because I thought, oh yeah, this, this might be good. I mean, I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, really wasn't. <laughs> I was wrong! <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, let's be clear on that. Yeah, but didn't didn't Sonny look tidy? Holding their helmets. Oh. Um, Ew. <laughs> 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 you say that every time someone makes a, an obvious gag, whether it's the listeners or Kieran. But yeah, Heidenreich and Animal, though. They can do. Oh, it. they were They can go. Okay, now they that, can go. The fact that I think did they did they beat Eminem. They beat Eminem for the title. In all honesty, when I think Legion of Doom or Road Warriors, I don't think Heidenreich. Nor should you. <laughs> Nor well. should you. It, it did. It did lead to that great two-second clip we got in the uh, SmackDown intro for all those years of Heidenreich screaming at the camera in uh, Road Warrior face paint, <sighs> looking cool I've as just fuck. Never seen a man so big who I thought I could beat up. <laughs> You've you've seen that episode of the, of the Simpsons where it's the film the film critic 
and he outsmarts uh, Rainier Wolfcastle by telling him his shoelaces are oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Heidenreich. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, what about his poetry? No. <laughs> ain't Lenny Poffo, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I worked on cruise ships for a while, and um, it was a um, pretty tiresome time. But the one wrestling book I found in the library of this cruise ship, the crew library, was Animals Book. Fucking things, just there. And I read it, and you know what? It's really fucking good I really liked it maybe it was the fact that I had no other good books to read at the time but I had no particular feelings either way uh, to the LOD um, at all uh, to the to the Road Warriors um, leading up to that I, I remember them as kids but hey I like the fucking natural disaster what the fuck did I know um, but I tell you what I read that book and I really like that and so it, if we put them in room 101 it would therefore deprive me of that experience which was a little bit of wrestling that I had on the cruise ship and I don't want to deprive myself of that. Animal I can take in small doses very small doses but by that time that, I don't think he comes in small doses well that, that's that, well, that's the problem because you know, <laughs> the LOD documentary where he's talking about how you know he thought that the LOD could have one more good run in 2003 when they came out to wrestle Van Damme and Kane on a random <laughs> after Hawk No sells the frog splash yeah. <laughs> and the choke slam gets up and walks off and pulls his tights up like his Hulk Hogan lying on the mat I, I can't agree I think that there, there is a, a case that post 98 I would, I would happily send all their stuff to the bin, but they're the road warriors, they're the Legion of Doom. You can't get rid of them. Uh, for, for, yeah, it's, it's like it's like putting in the the rock and rolls for the, for the downward slide they had. Road warriors had a very similar painful downward slide, but what they were in their element, I, I you know, they had, did a hell of a lot of tag team wrestling, so I can't can't put them in. Um, we are running short on time, so the last one I'll pick here before we, uh, we run the gamut on the final ones, his brother Vito deleted on TPWW says, Chronic. First of all, the name was stupid and you could just hear Vince Russo laughing hysterically about making drug references on TV. They were absolutely putrid in the ring. As a team, they were only around for the last year of WCW's existence and in that short time, they flipped between face and heel four or five times. They were eventually positioned as guns for hire in what was a clear rip-off of the APA, continuing a trend of WCW being unable to have an original thought. For God knows what reason, they main invented Halloween Havoc in a handicap match with Goldberg, where they were immediately squashed and teaming in the mid-card with Alex Wright by the next pay-per-view. Oh, and let's not forget, uh, forget being brought in mid-invasion. They had two matches with the company and then got immediately fired. The Undertaker and Kane worked their fair share of shitty workers over the years, and even they complained about how bad their match was at Unforgiven to Vince. Vince is and always will be a body guy, and even he couldn't justify keeping two huge guys like Chronic around after that shit match. R.I.P. to Brian Adams and all that, but Chronic fucking sucked. Yeah, there's that uh, there's that crush association again. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that crush stank. Um, a real, real hideous team. Uh, the, the APA knockoff doesn't do him any favors either. I think it's it seems appropriate that we're we're ending this with with Chronic as we've mentioned them in a few podcasts, and I don't think at any point we've ever been complimentary about them. G may have said something once or twice, but that's G, and you expect it. So. <laughs> So yeah, um, for me they can go in. I mean, WCW lost eight. What was it? Eighty-three million in its final full year, and I think we can probably pin about twelve million of that on Chronic. <laughs> Chronic's another one of those where uh, in school there were certain people who thought Chronic was really. Who were these people? <laughs> oh, oh, Carl, this is by, the, that by the year two thousand. I could who name these them, people? sir, but some of them could be listening, and that would be cruel. No, they deserve to be named and shamed. Look, look, look. Suffice to say, there were a good chunk of Those people... Those people should go who, in there with them. There were a good chunk of people who didn't have Sky Sports, and thus thought Chronic were at least vaguely original in some of the shit they were doing, when everything about Chronic was just... 
taken from the worst aspects and misunderstandings of other successes. Well, you know what? Those yes. people are a bunch of Rowleys. <laughs> is that so, a new thing, is it? Bunch of mojos. Yeah, we'll try it. Yeah. See how it goes. A bit of mojo to Rowley, though. Suffice yeah, we'll go with mojo. Uh, but just due to association with idiots in my brain, they are happy to be removed from the history books. The real nose pick brigade that, uh, that, that, that was Worse. into the headbangers. Oh, they're so cool. Look at them doing double choke slams. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Undertaker can pick up a guy on his own with a choke slam. So <laughs> how great is it that it takes two of you to do it, you fucking idiots? <laughs> I just think anybody who has a match with Kane and Kane doesn't get the heat for the match being shit automatically have to go in this room <laughs> one so. Good point, actually. The thing is that there's, there's, there are people who, uh, and again, I, I, I'm, I will echo what you said. Who are these people, Liam? See, he doesn't get it. It's just me. What is it? On some of these message boards where they talk about how chronic, when they first came in and they just, and I, and I, I know why, and I've seen why, because there's an episode of Nitro, their first Nitro. It's out that we've seen their debut on Spring Stampede 2000. We reviewed it on the review uh, a couple of weeks ago here on uh, Squared Circle Gazette Radio. A stellar introduction. A stellar, stellar intro for any team. The next day, they come out and they interrupt a match between the Harris Brothers and the Mamelukes. And I would be happy for any team that came in and put pay to that. And they looked okay because they just came in, did a few power moves, and that was the end of it. And so, as an introduction on TV, if that's the first you see of Chronic, you would think, hey, Maybe, maybe there's something here. Of course, the following uh, you know months of television should have put pay to that. If it didn't, then the invasion uh, angle surely did. But uh, yeah, so I, I completely agree. I think a, a team that had a bit of a reputation is, is, for some reason, they had this reputation. I remember even when they came in to like w, you know, the WWE for the invasion, there was this thing like, oh, chronic. This could be, you know. They're a thing. They're a thing, yeah, thing from WCW. And it's like, it is. Yeah, but I think part of that may have been just for the fact that they were genuinely seen as a couple of WCW guys at that point. And it, by Unforgiven, the invasion angle has been watered down to such an extent when you've got the likes of Test in there. And obviously, you've had the Austin turn, all those sorts of things. I think there's probably. They probably get a, a bit of benefit of the doubt just from the sense of, oh, it's two guys who were in WCW at the end, so mm. it seems a bit more authentic, if you like. Adam Bomb. Not a, that that's any excuse. Adam Bomb's a weird one because I always have this weird thing with him where it's like he was in these roles where it's like, you know what? I'm. I almost think like he should have gotten over better than he did. You know what I mean? It's just like as Adam Bomb, he never really got over as Wrath with it, which I thought was cool. He got over to a degree, but not as much as I thought he could have. Yeah, yeah. The Wrath thing was kind of similar. To- it was, was it just the pump handle slam people started marking out like he was going to be I that don't know. I think his, his look is that yeah, he's a big great, guy great look, amazing look but yeah it's never ever for, it's so insignificant given the guys well, a lot of big guys I guess but yeah. yeah did he ever have like a good match I can't think of one no, but, but I don't think of him as an awful wrestler. No, like, I, I do during this period. Yeah. Like now, which is why I have no qualms with saying yes, he's in room one on one for me as part chronic. No, but it's because you, you look at him. Generally, you, he's a big guy, and you associate the big guys with sort of lacking in in mobility. Generally, well, generally just being a bit crap, to be honest. <laughs> but you know, he was he was a pretty athletic big guy. So you thought if you can just sort of take the look and the bit of athleticism he's, he's got, you think you know, you can go some way with that and. To your point, Liam, he, he was over to, to an extent in WCW because he, you know, he was the next guy with a streak after Goldberg. And, and then Kevin Nash as, came a-calling. As soon as Kevin Nash came a-calling, and that's not to say that you know Rath would have uh, turned the tide in the Monday Night Wars by any stretch, but um, but it certainly cut his knees off regardless. Indeed. So is that an, an in for you, Kieran? Oh, I'm putting him in, yeah. yeah I, I, I assume we were unanimous yeah. on this. Luke's happy with that? Okay. 
So we are. I'm gonna now because we have unfortunately run out of time. I'm going to list the names of the remaining uh, candidates and just give me a quick yes or no around the table. Callum1993 uh, on the UK fan forum says Primo and Epico slash Los Matadors slash Shining Stars. Only Epico. No. Right. They've, they've been on TV nonstop for nine years. He says here. I yeah. like Primo. <laughs> I like Primo as well, but he's, 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 he's nice in the way that, you know, carrots on a Sunday dinner are nice. If, if they're never there, I don't mind. Uh, I'm going to say no. No. Fairly inoffensive. All right. Migs on Pro Wrestling. And it says Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels as a duo. It's a great moment when they win the belts, but uh, it starts the uh, crushing tag team champions, basically uh, destroying tag team wrestling uh, in the sense of singles guys taking the priority over tags. Uh, we mentioned this before about tag teams in 97 there were there wasn't much there to be crushed I don't really consider them a genuine tag team so I'm going to say no oh alright <laughs> yeah, well, I, I almost want to say yes but Kieran's got something in his hand and he's beckoning <laughs> pain no Mad Dog on Pro Wrestling he says William Regal and Lance Storm uh, guys they liked individually but combined they won the most boring and flavourless tag teams ever brought out the worst in each other he says I disagree I really liked them as a team yeah. good little heel team then they were pretty dull I grant you but um, <laughs> but they weren't that offensive I'll say no yeah no from me yeah no from me too okay. Niall Clark Enzo Amore and Big Cass yep throw them in certified shit bona fide idiots one worth to describe I'm going to spell it out S-H-I-T-E he says Enzo and Cass I'm going to say no I, I'm putting the New Day rule in effect which is it's too soon to tell so no I don't think it's too soon to tell at all I think it should be thrown straight in there you hate Enzo Amore don't you absolutely with a passion and you can't teach that kind of <laughs> <laughs> no from me yeah Niall Clark does say here that he, was, uh, he, he got great pleasure in seeing the idiot get clotheslined by Brock at the Rumble which is oh, much well, like yourself Ultramantis on TPWW says he put in the primetime players both guys suck individually and Timmy didn't cover any of the holes in their game ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> no chance no I, chance primetime player Am I, Titus and Darren no there's videos the videos on the website were great I love Titus Titus is nowhere near room 101 the man's hilarious on the website the stuff I saw on the shows was garbage so yes <laughs> fuck those guys yeah they had hang a- on a minute what are you- oh no they- I said the, the new uh, n- new talent rule you're just gonna how are the prime time players new talent rule no, are they going to get back together and have an amazing run across the NWA what are we expecting I here? just think you've just got to put more stock in the Titus brand to be honest. <laughs> is that right yeah. well, somebody's got to uh, Kieran Swain uh, says I used to be a huge mark for too cool um, but uh, times have changed obviously he chucked them into room 101 with that fat cunt Rikishi he says they no. Were, no, they were they were over like Rover. Yeah, they were one of the most over things of quite a few pay per views that I hear. And actually, he's, he does say the same thing, and he loved them as a kid. But now looking back, he thinks they were shit. Um, but there you go. He can't. He hates the worm and move so stupid it makes the people's elbow look like a lariat from Stan Hansen. He says, but uh, they, it worked in its time. So I'm not going to criticize that. I, I'm no for me for too cool. Uh, Daniel Cleary says uh, the Killer Bees. <laughs> In a period where tag team wrestling was awesome, these two bellends existed. Brunzella Jobber and Terry's mate, B. Brian Blair, who resembled an out-of-work 70s porn star. I'll say yes, never like the name. The Killer Bees? Yeah, I like alliteration, but there's just too much going on. Mm. Again, a team that I found largely inoffensive, though. How they managed to be sold, one of the surviving tag teams at the 87 Survivor Series still dumbfounds me to this day. And if it wasn't him, we wouldn't have that great cheeky promo either, for that matter. B. Brian Blair. Our gimmicks, bees. We will throw our asses at people. Fuck you in the air. <laughs> However, it's not a majority opinion, so they're staying out. Damn it! Uh, Cobra Gordon on the UK fan forum says there's a special corner of hell and hopefully room 101 for Mexican America. Hernandez and Anarchia's tag team in TNA with uh, Rosita and Sarita accompanying them as a 
Really oh. pale. Oh. Pale. <laughs> pale. <laughs> Zach Gowan pale version of LAX. And uh, Paul Siebert on the Facebook page on the FOW board also said the same one, Mexican-America, saying, uh, How messed up is it that when you have a stable of evil Mexican-American immigrants made of a Texan, a Californian, a Puerto Rican New Yorker, and a Canadian? Also, Rosita was featured on an NBC TV documentary on people who lost family in 9-11 that aired the same night as she was playing an anti-American heel on a TNA pay-per-view. Any sort of LAX knockoff should really bother me, but by that stage... I'd already long given up on TNA. You know, I can't put them in because, I, again, I can't remember them. I can remember them. <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> I was there. I <laughs> I remember them vividly, and they were Anarchia was like the Anarchia. most ghetto Chavo Guerrero tribute act I've ever seen in my life, and it was fucking putrid. It was one of those things where you can tell they looked at LAX and thought, you know what, Hernandez is the star of that team. And they banged it all on him, and it sucked dick. Well, that's the thing, it's like double bad luck. Because they're not LAX. You're trying to make the star out of Hernandez, and you add this Bush League Chavo Guerrero. Now, bear, just think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what stands think out. Think about that. You know the one wrestler that never made it on like the shitty, fake Kane British wrestling shows? No one ever put on a poster, we've got a fake Chavo Guerrero. I mean, just... Yeah, they're in for me. I love the LAX just on that principle alone. I, I don't need a good reason to put people in this thing, as you can see. Yeah. Or that's, just hear from the show. That, that, that's no, fine. We're going to put them in, we're going to build a wall. And. <laughs> 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 and uh, our final one here that we can get to here is uh, Carbon on the UK fan form says, Surely the Beverly Brothers should be a shoe in for this. Supposed to be rich boys from Shaker Heights, but I thought they were circus performers or magician's assistants or something. <laughs> <laughs> I might just put him in for that description. That was well played. Yeah, I really like their entrance music, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. They it. had they did have good entrance music. Oh, oh, so that entrance music is good, but no love for Ice Train, Liam. No, no love for Ice Train, Steve. No, no, not one bit. Not oh. one bit, Carl. Not one bit. And you think you know somebody? Just because when I when I would hear it, I, I have visions of Thunderbolt Pass and marching out behind Ice Train to try and glom some heat in 1993. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off with that. <laughs> Beverly Brothers did also have the Shaker Height Spike, one of the more reckless double team finishes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was that was pretty damn vicious. Uh no, I'm I say they go in there with, with the bushwhackers and they can continue the match from Raw Rumble ninety two. I, I I never they Oh, that match with the Bushwhackers is pretty shit though, isn't it? <laughs> but we put the Bushwhackers in, so that match never happened now. Well, no. Uh, I, okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. You've still got half of that match still exists. Like, if you put them both in, that match could happen forever in Rumor 101, which is a beautiful concept. A, a great way to punish the souls that have been banished That's there. it. The rest of them have to watch <laughs> and smell that stench. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know about that one around the table, Kieran. No yeah. from me. No from you, Carl. Yes from you. Yes from me. I'm, I'm going to go no, I think. Then it's irrelevant when you reach me, but I would have put them in there poetically. It would have been two and two. Alas, it's not to be. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for contributing. If we didn't get to yours this week, we apologise. We had so many to get to. And, uh, of course, we will be back in a couple of weeks revisiting the Monday Night War timeline covering January of 1999 in WCW and the WWF, talking every Raw, every night, of every pay-per-view and backstage notes from the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletters and Torch newsletters of the time as well. And, of course, don't forget, the following week after that, we will be covering the death of TNA so with that said thank you for Luke Edwards oh man I'm missing the bushwhackers already I'm gonna hold my nose guys I'm going in (laughs) for Carl Jones telling you now my typewriter has plenty of ink I'm sending more letters I want answers (laughs) 
And four Q and a rock. Speaking of holding your nose and going, how's your sister doing? <laughs> I'm <laughs> 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 gonna be more can we have out of here? Talk to you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>